You read the Bible, Greg. You talking to me? Come along, Samuels. Keep up. Wait, wait. Let me let me explain something to you. Uh, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well, there's past. So what you want? Jesus freak. Got a bad feeling about this. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Each and every man under my command owes me 100 net scouts. <laughs> Start see pictures, eh? Oh wow! Thank you for that. Hello and welcome to the Film and Loathing Podcast for Tuesday, September 10th, 2019. This is episode number 41, and I'm Jake. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. Coming up this week, <laughs> we're going to do our number eight Hall of Fame review. We'll be discussing... Has it really been eight? It really has been eight. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. We'll be discussing David Fincher's The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. And you guessed it, this was Chris's choice because it's two hours and 45 minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Next time, you're limited to an hour and a half. That's going to bring... Okay, fine. I mean, like, I already have it picked. You know, the... How long is Goodwill Hunting? You can do do a longer one after that one, but next one... it's got to be short. It's the Scooby-Doo Witch movie, guys. Like, okay, perfect. That, that's my next Hall of Fame review. What's, what's that one called? Isn't that, Aren't they in, like, Salem or something like that? Yeah. I don't remember, but that that's one a, would actually have a chance of getting in. Salem movie. <laughs> it's Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. And how oh, long right. is it? Oh, that's right, and the Hex Girls. Yeah, there goes the band. X girls are gonna put a spell on you. Did you, does it crack the one thirty mark? Um, let's let's see. IMDb. It's, it's oh my god! No, it's seventy minutes. Perfect. That, that counts, doesn't it? Minutes. That works. Totally counts. What's the one like, that I think like, about is the one where is um, is it Zombie Island? The one yeah, where they, one? no, it's the one where they go to like that island and it's like the voodoo stuff. This is the live action one though. Yeah. No, no, there's it's not live action. It's a cartoon. I, don't know, I remember just remember the one yeah. with the X girls and the one with the the aliens. Yeah, Mr. Bean is in the live action one, and they're on like some voodoo island, and their souls are getting taken or something. Yeah, remember the one? It's on. It's the one that they're on the island, and they're like in the house, and it's haunted. And then, like, one, some of the people turn into essentially, like, werewolves. I don't remember, I don't you don't remember this, Zach? No. Oh, man. I, I definitely remember that one. I remember the one where um, they were, like, going to some sort of summer camp thing for, like, monsters. I'm pretty sure it was just like Shaggy and Scooby, with, or no, and Scrappy was there too. But they go to some sort of like school for monsters, and they have to like beat this. Was it Monsters Inc? No, they had to beat some athletic <laughs> camp like next door in a series of events. Dude, I'm just now realizing that 
Cowboys versus Aliens lifted the plot, essentially, of that Scooby-Doo alien movie. <laughs> That's why it was a box office bomb. Think about it. I'm going to need you to have them shut that off. Did you think about it while I closed the window, Chris? I could, could not. Why did you... I'm... What? Think it's about the same what? thing, dude. How the plot was stolen from that alien one. Yeah, I see. I, I've, only seen, I've only seen that movie once. Yeah, because like, the girl turns into the alien at the end. Yeah. Oh, and so it's dog. District 9? What? No. No, there's, like, the person helping them. There's a woman helping them, like, discover who the aliens are, like, what the plot is. I have no idea. And at the, very, and at the end, she turns into an alien, which is exactly what happens in Cowboys vs. Aliens. Cool. Dude, Chris just wants to talk about John Carter, dude. He doesn't care. No, I'm just scrolling through these Scooby-Doo movies, and there's a whole bunch that, I, as we grew older, we just missed out on. Like Missed out or Scooby Doo and the Samurai Sword? I've seen that. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. That came out in 2009. Okay, when in 2009 I was 13, so it's very possible that I I watched it somewhere. All right, Scooby Doo Camp Scare, Scooby Doo Abracadabra Do. Nope. Scooby Doo Music of the Vampire. They did Batman and Robin. Scooby Doo Return to Zombie Island is like a 2019 movie. No, it's not, dude. I'm literally looking at it. Well, it says return, so like maybe there's another one. Scooby Doo. Yes, it's 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 Scooby Doo on Zombie Island is what it's called. I'm sorry, guys. We missed the biggest one. Scooby Doo WrestleMania. Oh shit. Oh, I didn't realize they did that. John Cena was in it and everything. Yeah, look her up, dude. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, 1998. It's got a 3.6 rating, Zach, on IMDb. Sorry, not, IMDb. Not, on, not on IMDb, on Letterboxd. Yeah, 3.6 oh, on IMDb would not be good. 3.6 on Letterboxd. That's pretty darn good. Oh, I saw this one. Oh, on I remember Zo- another one. The Scooby-Doo and the Cyber Chase. I remember that. I remember that one. <laughs> What's the cyber chase one? Mark Mark Hamill was in the Zombie Island one. Oh really? Who did he voice? He voiced um shit. Where was it? He voiced Snakebite Scrappy or something. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. Oh my god! I've seen so many more of these than I thought. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen this one, the Scooby Doo Cyber Chase. I've seen uh, Scooby-Doo and the Legend of the Vampire. I've seen Scooby-Doo Monster Mexico. Uh, I've seen Aloha Scooby-Doo. I've seen Scooby-Doo Where's My Mummy. Uh, I've seen Chill Out Scooby-Doo. Um, oh, this guy's a huge, this guy's a huge Scooby-Doo fan. I didn't even know. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. I didn't even know I've seen that many. Let me you see. Seen Scooby-Doo Where's My Mummy? Yeah. I've seen I've seen Scooby Doo on Zombie Island, obviously. Scooby Doo, Witch's Ghost, Alien Invader. I think I've seen Ghoul School. Scooby Doo oh. and the Gourmet Ghost. It has Bobby Flay in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
badass. What's Legend of the Vampire? 2003? No, I definitely didn't see this one. There's like a there's like a hidden town. Okay. Yeah, huh. See the bulk of what I remember. Or maybe that's Monster Mexico. <sighs> Dude, we're going to have to deep dive into some of these. We're going to have to watch all them all. One Who's episode. doing the Boo Brothers? Do you think these are all on Blu-ray? No. Scooby Doo. You're gonna Lego, have to buy like a. You're gonna have to buy like a a six pack. Criterion. DVD six pack. Criterion. Yeah. Two series. Uh. Chris, you drunk, dude? Yeah, I'm wasted. Dude, I did a Saturday night. You got a nice build your own six pack at Hannaford. Right. Mm. Threw in some pumpkin head in there. Mm-hmm. Started playing Madden. Started playing Madden online. Started playing Madden <laughs> online against 12-year-olds. Realized how <laughs> bad you were compared to them? Some of them are pretty good. But yeah. you, know what I, you know what I have over 12-year-olds? Because 12-year-olds really don't like it when they're winning and you tell them they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I remember when I was in college, I challenged the person number one on the leaderboard to a game. And they accepted. And yeah, they're just I, gonna pad stats. I, I ended up winning, but the only Wait, thing so was, shouldn't that make you number one on the leaderboard? See, you would think so, but he—I definitely didn't deserve it. Here's why: I tried my absolute hardest. I beat him by three, and he scored all of his points off of punt returns. That's not good. No, <laughs> that's a he terrible has, defense. He never has to play an offensive play. He would—he would just do the same run play right down the middle every time, so that I would stop him, so that he would punt the ball to me. And then I would either get a field goal or I would okay, punt the so ball. Okay, this guy just has a strategy. Yeah, I mean, he like... Just, he just knows he's good at punt returns. No, he just knows that he's good in general and wants to challenge himself. But That's I ended true. up beating him. I beat the number one player in the in Madden in the world. So, what whatever. What a loser. Yeah. Okay. You I, don't want, I don't mean to cut this off, but you can buy a majority of the ones that we just mentioned on Blu-ray. You can get Scooby-Doo and the Samurai Sword. You can get Scooby-Doo, Aloha, Scooby-Doo. You can get... Um, so, On Zombie Island, unfortunately, is DVD. But you can get... Is it worth going slumming on the DVD side for a bit? Cyber Chase. You can get Camp Scare. You can get Loch Ness Monster. That's See, that's good. the one that I want to watch. Loch Ness Monster. I wonder Boom, if they're dude. available like on the internet. I'm on the internet right now. Yeah, but my internet. Yeah, Zach, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, these uh, might have to do this. At least some of them. Should do I all really, of them. Scooby Doo and. What was it in the witches? See, but you can do Return to Zombie Island, and it'll, you can put it on your list because it came out in 2019. Uh oh, the witches Re- ghost is only on blue. Is only on DVD. How much? How much are these Scooby Doo Blu-rays? Scooby Doo uh, WrestleMania Mystery is 2014. That could be on your list, Chris. That's it's in consideration. Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost is going for $16.99 on DVD. Jeez, um. Yeah. It's 
pretty steep. 1697 for On Zombie Island. Yeah, I, I absolutely am not paying $17. No, no. do anything. Nor Unless am I. it was the Mystery Machine lunchbox. All I'm saying is that you could, in theory, get them. And that's cool with me. If they were like three ninety seven on Amazon, maybe. Yeah, guys, if you like end up buying them and putting them on the voodoo, like I wouldn't be too mad at that, you know. All the land before time are on HBO right now. They need to replace those with the Scooby Doo's. I agree. Uh yeah, for sure. I would totally binge those. They're only seventy minutes a piece. It's a good Sunday. I could watch Sunday. them at work. You could. I could watch. Oh my god, dude! In the length and the time it took to watch Benjamin Button, you could essentially watch like two and a half of them. I could watch. I could easily watch in The Witch's Ghost and on Zombie Island. And then return half of Return to Zombie Island. And then I could watch half of any other one I wanted to. It'd be a much better use of our time, I think. Oh my gosh. Is this going to be another shit on Chris episode? <laughs> Fuck. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. Should we just get into the curious case of Benjamin Button? Yeah. Or as I like to call it from here on out, the curious case of how I managed to stay awake. Oh my fucking It's not God. that bad. It's... We'll, get, we'll talk about it. It's a great <clears throat> movie. Well, Chris, I hope you can defend it. It's your job to change my mind, bud. You know I can't. <laughs> your you job. You know that I can't. Look, Bernie Sanders is fighting an uphill battle. Okay, Chris, do you think he has that attitude? Oh, no. fuck yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't. So, Curious Case of Benjamin Button is directed by David Fincher. And it stars Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt. And the plot synopsis is... There isn't really... Uh, oh, I definitely don't want to read that entire one. I think at this point, uh, everyone sort of knows what Benjamin Button is about. It's the curious story of Benjamin Button, a man who starts aging backwards with bizarre consequences. There you go. I don't really know if there's bizarre consequences. Yeah. It's sort of a weird thing. But, uh, Chris, tell us, why, tell us why it's so amazing. You clearly think it deserves to be in the Film and Loathing Hall of Fame. Why, why did you pick this movie? I picked this movie because it is was one of my best cinematic experiences I have ever had. You saw this in a theater? Yes. When you were 12? Yes. This is a rough movie for a 12-year-old. I was loving every second of it. I thought it was great. You were were advanced as 12. It's fine. He's not advanced now. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of stopped right there, though. You peaked at 12. I was at 12. He's barely 19. Was did the, was it the animation? Did that like blow your mind, Chris? When I was twelve, fuck yeah. Yeah, is that I was what like, it was? Okay. I was like, I know what Brad Pitt looks like, but now this guy looks a lot older than that. So You're like, not I'm Brad impressed. Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually thought that that looked really good, even by today's standards. Really? <laughs> I thought I thought that was a very nice nice look. You watched this on your laptop, didn't you? No, I watched this. You on watched my it on your TV. phone. I that's, it on my TV this morning. That's, that's disgusting. I thought it looked fantastic. Oh, I think no. the Kate Blanchett de-aging looks worse. Yes. <clears throat> but this definitely doesn't look great. Well, like... I think... The, the baby effects this, do not live up. 
the stuff where it's mostly just prosthetics and then making him look older, like in the Tilda Swinton sequences and stuff, that stuff doesn't look bad. But it's when they have to drastically change how old he is. Mm-hmm. Like when he's like 19. It's like, oh, yeah, that doesn't look very good. I will give you that one. I When he goes back to visit Kate Blanchett at the ballet studio, I wasn't a big fan of that one. But like everything in the beginning, I was perfectly okay with. I feel like they set a standard. And then it wasn't something that took me out of it enough for me to be like, I just can't, I can't stand looking at this anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's at that level. Like, I could still watch, it's still perfectly watchable. But like, at 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I could see why it was praised. But now it's like, yikes, we've come a long ways. I feel but, like but I will say that most of it's done practically, which is nice. Whereas today, it would literally just be like, it would be all CG. Yeah. And it, so there is a quality to it, which I like. I don't know. I, I just felt like it added to the whole kind of feel of the movie, considering this was like, it brought me back to that time when I saw it in theaters when I was like 2008. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I was just like, this is kind of relaunching me into that. So I had a nice, like nostalgic kind of, internal feel that felt warm and cozy and nice like i it i haven't felt this way about a movie since uh besides goodwill hunting like it gave me a similar vibe which i very much enjoyed you're a sucker for love stories i fucking love them dude what's wrong with love <laughs> you guys like watching people get sawed from the crotch to their face i like watching love stories I do. that's just <laughs> It's just the difference between me and you. Um, but I love the the natural light in this entire movie. It didn't feel overbearing at any point in time. It didn't seem too bright. It was just if there wasn't. Did it feel a, very natural? I guess, yeah. I don't know. It was just really cool to see like um, moonlight shining on, when they're on the boat. It was nice to see. Um, when they were inside the house on the porch and then it was daylight it was literally just coming inside from the windows and there wasn't any disturbance from that it was um mm. i enjoyed the general feel of it and i really liked that they kept the darks really dark and the lights really light well i think they had to cake the darks really dark to hide some of the effects oh my gosh i mean i know i know i know but like Either way, it still made me feel really good about the whole entire movie. Like, I feel like it brought something extra to it that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Um, I think really one of the only things that I can really say that I like about it, the only positive I can say, is I enjoyed uh, Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett together. Like, I think they did have some good on-screen chemistry. Okay, I'll be. I'll, I guess I'll be the guy. Oh, be the I, guy. They they have the chemistry, but in general, Brad Pitt is terrible in this movie. Oh yeah, he's not great. I mean, neither is really Kate Blanchett. But like the scenes when they're together, like just kind of like their job is just to be cutesy in the moment and sell it to you. That's fine. I think they sold it to me. Kate Blanchett's always great. Brad Pitt is terrible. I wouldn't go as far as say he's terrible. I don't. I mean, that's, I don't, a, little, that's a little harsh. I don't have a problem. I don't care. With, I don't have a problem with Brad Pitt in this. I think I think he's fine. I think I think through his body language, having to portray somebody being super old to playing somebody that's his own age, I think he does that very well. As far as you know, 
his emotional state and all that type of jazz, he doesn't excel. Like he's very serviceable, but he's doing speaking, like he does a great job. If you're this ever curious, weird, like a, like accent that like doesn't really work, and it doesn't really sound like he's from New Orleans. If you ever wanted to know what Forrest Gump would have been like with Brad Pitt, watch The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> I literally said the same thing. I was like, <laughs> I have it in my notes, comparable to Forrest Gump, but did it better. And that, that's probably why I don't like it, actually, because I hate Forrest Gump. And I wouldn't go as far to say that I hate this movie, but, like, like they're, they're comparable in the same way in which the director of both Forrest Gump and Curious Case of Benjamin Button. My ultimate problem with both of them is that the director thinks they are doing something, like, so profound, and but they're really not. Like, it's a movie that thinks it has a lot to say, but it really doesn't. And what it has to say is, like, the most cliched things ever. Like, the biggest eye roll of the movie for me is when he's, like, coming home and he's like, you realize that it's the same house, the same people, but the only thing that's changed is you. And it's like, oh my fucking god, really? Well, this, no, no, no. But I see. I'm, I'm, I love that type of shit because it's something that everybody learns at a point in time, and you're just watching this guy learn it. But it's, it's like you can, you can learn that in the movie without literally Brad Pitt having to say it out loud. I mean, it's not like they dwelled on it for so long it was really just like one little blurb it was a big thing it was a big moment for him uh, he, she's not a little girl anymore and you realize that <laughs> you go away from home for so long the only thing that changes is you <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great um do you guys find it ridiculous how rude Kate blanchett is to brad pitt at various times in her life no, it all makes. I don't. Does it make sense? Okay, so, so it's he, like no, no, no. So he flies all the way to New York to see her play, and he's like, "Oh, hey, I'm here to see Daisy," you know. And she comes out, and she's just like, you know, ha ha. I really wish like, they called me. She's not expecting to see him. The last time they had any sort of encounter, he rejected her, and. She has a life, and he just shows up thinking, like, hey, I'm ready to have sex with you now. Let's I think do it's, it. I think it's an age thing, because she was, like, what, 23 at the time or something? Yeah, I think it becomes clearer, like, later, like, but at the same time, at that point in her life, I was like, you're 23? No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Or, like, when he goes to Paris to see her, she's cold. Yeah, that too. But that's after. After the accident. Yeah, which is after she shoot him away the first time. So like. Yeah, and then he I, comes. Like, like really, someone flies all the way to Paris Act to visit you in the hospital, and your reaction is, "I really wish you wanted to come." I think I, if I, I would was say a dancer, to nine out of ten people, yeah. If hmm. my leg, uh, if I was a I dancer, my leg job. was crushed. I'd sit there and be like, "Oh fuck, they got to see me this way." I'm a disappointment. You wouldn't like, be, like, endeared, though? You think that anyways? I mean, then, I like, wouldn't be, like, super happy. I'd probably be like, well, this situation sucks, doesn't it? So, but if anything... But, Daisy, she, I flew all the way here to see you. And I think what you'd realize if you came back home is that the only thing that's changed <laughs> is you. What the fuck? Okay, but there's three times in a row you see her. In New York, in Paris, 
and then she does to him what he did to her. She just comes back and is like, oh, yeah, I have my phase. I'm ready for you now. I think the problem, like, I think the strength of this movie is the relationship between Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt. Like, the whole dynamic of their relationship where, like, he... He wants, like, to be happy and to live a normal life, but at the same time he knows he can't because he is regressing. That is very interesting. But that is hindered by the fact that the movie spent an hour and a half doing a bunch of nonsensical, random-ass shit that doesn't fucking matter. Like, it's so boring. The first hour and 15 minutes of this movie is so boring. That's my favorite part, dude. And like it would, it would be. And it like, is when he gets to the Kate Blanchett stuff. That stuff is a five for me. The Kate Blanchett stuff, one hundred percent a five. And I wish that the movie is fine at three hours. I'm fine with that. But I want the whole thing to explore their relationship, where like we don't have to do this very rushed thing for them to get together because we only have an hour left and we have to. We're finally getting to the meat of this guy's life. Yeah. See, for me, I thought the most interesting challenge is you know the idea of having a child and do you stick around to raise that child despite the fact you know that you're going to grow young or do you dip out and let the woman of your dreams the woman you're in love with find another man that can support her and the child like that is an interesting choice to make and it's not dwelt on very long and that choice is made two hours and 20 minutes into the movie and made very quickly so it's like I would much prefer a three-hour movie that is mostly just we're introduced to Benjamin Button, we learn of his disease, and then let's just get right into his relationship with Daisy. Why do I need to see him go to war? Why do I need to see him in a hotel room with Tilda Swinton? Like, why is any of this relevant to what ends up happening? Because I feel like it's two separate stories. I don't. I don't think. I think it's that's a terrible separate- argument. No, no, no. That's that's a fantastic argument because you can enjoy them in two separate parts. The first half, you're sitting there. Why and are they watch, in the same movie? You're watching this guy, and he's learning, and, and you learn throughout this entire first hour and a half, hour fifteen, that everybody has a little more to them than what they seem. Every single person that you get introduced to, and then all of a sudden, boom, you get reintroduced back to his relationship with this woman, and then at that point, it kind of changes gears a little bit to being like, okay, now. Where are we going to go from here? How is he going to approach this whole situation that he's now involved with? And I thought the first part was just as interesting as the second, if not a little more interesting. I don't even want to say like second half because it's it's the last hour. But it's like that part seems to be where the most care and the most planning and the most like thought out approach to making a movie is taking place. So I don't understand why you wouldn't want that stretched throughout the runtime. Like, this beginning hour, 45 minutes, like, of him meandering around doing this and doing that at the beginning of his life, it's like, none of it comes into play at all later. Plus, how do you, how would you, how do you even do that? Like, when you have an, how do you introduce the whole concept of him being an old man and trying to create this relationship or what? having him ponder whether she create a relationship with this woman like how do you do that when he's like an old ass dude and she's 13 like you have to wait until they're at least similar in age well, the, to approach the that idea problem. of so the, the whole point of him being this old man is literally like a visual effects stunt 
he we never have to see him be old for this movie to work. Like you could start it, kind of start really, with him as a teenager or young adult, and he would still be rather old looking. It could it could literally start with Brad Pitt being the age he is now, and he just regresses. Like it, we never have to see him as an old man for this movie to work. Yeah, see that's the problem. See, like the movie just wants to be, like, let's just capture the life, like birth to death of a guy who ages backwards, and like that's the movie. Instead of being like, what would be some interesting dilemmas that a person who ages backwards encounter in their life? And only only a couple do they really ad- address. But really, there's there's a ton of stuff you could work with that they could easily build something off of. I'm not saying you couldn't build anything off of it. I'm just saying I feel having that first half to create him as a person and then knowing what he's been through and then knowing what he brings to the table when he creates this relationship with Kate Blanchett. At that point, you sit there and you go, okay, you know, you've kind of been along with him on this journey. You're kind of feeling what he's feeling a little bit. And then you're kind of getting this all other thing thrown in the mix that is now the most important part of his life. And you've been gearing up for this this entire time. I would not really. You're just Ben just... and agree with you. If I felt that any decision that he made in that second half of the movie was based on something he experienced in the first half. And I never feel like that connection is made. You're simply just spending time with him as a child because that's the first part of his life. They could be progressed to teen, young adult, old man. Like that's just the stages you're following. Mm-hmm. So the reason that that beginning part only exists is because that's the story they're just trying to tell. Simply just capture this man's life. Because different hardships come with different age groups, and you learn from those. And and yeah, it may not be completely apparent in the second part of the movie. You know the things that he learned in the initial part, but like it, they kind of do in subtle he, ways make come around. But I wouldn't say he actually goes through any sort of hardship, really. I mean, the dude is like six years old, and he's an old man. Yeah, but we're seeing that, but we don't see him face anything i don't see him struggling to open a pickle jar with his arthritic fist (laughs) i don't see him doing like there's one scene at the church where he's like trying to walk but like that's it like you're not actually really seeing him struggle like you're simply just existing in his life four-year-old arthritic benjamin button like struggling to put his cheerios in his mouth in the morning like, that was like, showing hardships. Or, like, being bullied by children for being weird. Like, that would be seeing hardships. Like they go out of... They also go out of their way to keep him so secluded that, like, what's the point? If you're never going to allow him to leave this house, like, why do we need to see him at this age? Because nothing is happening to him. That's that's one of the... Um, it was, like, three things that I specifically noted. That was, like, something that I did not want them to keep doing throughout the movie. Like, even in the first time I saw it, I'm like, why are we just being stuck inside this house? Like, he's he purposefully <laughs> keeps to himself and is a loner, like, for obvious reasons. But the movie doesn't even try to, to deal with that loneliness, except, I guess, in the Tilda Swinton scene, which is probably the strongest part of that first half. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying, where, like, every age has its hardships, and I agree. But what I'm saying, like, we don't need to see them all. Yeah, and some of the stuff that's played in the first half is just kind of like, oh, haha, think about this funny scenario. He looks like he's 60 at a bar, but we know that he's eight. You know what I mean? Like, or he's, <laughs> having... he's losing his virginity at 70, but he's really not. Right, or like he looks like he's an old man fucking, but really we know he's like 12. Like, it's just kind of like gags like that. 
And you guys like, didn't find those entertaining? Like, it's fine, but what I'm saying is, like, the idea of a person aging in reverse has interesting things that you could deal with to, like, tell an interesting, like, thematically rich story. Aside from being, like, using it to tell the obvious story of, like, your identity and where are you, you where what's your place in the world? So many movies tackle that question and do it better and more gracefully than this movie. Yeah, but they don't do it with the same approach. They don't do it with the same idea in mind. I think the whole point of exploring where's my place in the world from the eyes of somebody who has this disease is a hell of a whole lot more interesting than watching somebody who not really is, is just a different person. I think just asking themselves, where's my place? David, to David Even Fincher. If they do nothing with it. David Fincher seems to think that like the idea of a man aging backwards is interesting enough to compel you to watch yes. the movie. Yes. And I think what the movie proves is that it isn't. And that you need like the reason we watch coming of age movies is because we feel like we feel a connection there. And we feel like, yes, this is what it is like growing up. Whereas this is essentially trying to do the same thing, just it's reversing it, and it's the coming of age of an old man. And it's like, it doesn't achieve the same thing. But that's where the entertainment value in the first half comes into play, is that's where the first half is entertainment, the second half is where the big themes come to the forefront. I'm curious what you find entertaining in the first half. I find is it that simply it- just the visual spectacle of seeing this person I mean, I mean that is something that is entertaining to me, but it's not strictly the only thing I find entertaining. I find entertaining just about – I'm not going to say everything, just the um, incredible variety of the characters that he meets. I, I see because I like the whole idea of um, the Forrest Gump-style movie where you start – see somebody start one thing and then they work their way to the next. And then next thing you know, they're on to something completely different. Next thing you know, they're doing something else that's different. Like, I like that whole feel, that whole style of, of movie. So watching this happen to somebody who's in a completely different circumstance than myself is a hell of a whole lot more interesting to me than I would ag- a person. I, I somewhat agree that the idea of a man who ages backwards and we just get to see as he meets various different people in his life, I would agree that would be interesting. But in the first half of the movie, he doesn't meet anyone interesting. And the Not second sure. half of the movie takes this complete different turn where, well, now we want to drop that and we actually want to focus on this relationship. It's like, it's just so inconsistent that like it wants to be too many things and doesn't truly do anything, any one thing well. I thought that since it was two hours and 45 minutes, they separated the two very well. Like if they, if they were, if they were focusing on one a little bit, if they were focusing on one thing here, and then they focused a big chunk of time onto the relationship, then a big chunk of time onto just him, and then a big chunk of time on his relationship, then that would be one thing. But I feel like since they separated it into two separate sections, it works. But, like, he doesn't have to... The interesting part about that second section is because he's actually forced to reckon with his disease to make decisions, to make decisions on his life. He is not forced to do that in the first half. He is simply just living. He does not have to make any sort of decisions, and his disease really is not impacting him at all. Whereas in the second half, it is, and that's why it's interesting to watch. 
but I, I think the first half is interesting just because you're seeing the same process that everybody goes through just being affected by somebody who has a different situation thrust upon them. Like they're still going through the same motions and everything, but you can't expect it to be that much different considering most of the people that he comes in contact with isn't going to know that he has this disease, especially if he doesn't express that to them. I think people True. know he has this disease. I, no, I didn't nobody know that knows. Nobody know. Nobody knows except for the people at the home. But even and then, Kate Blanchett and Kate Blanchett, they know. But you know, like the ship captain doesn't know, and Tilda Swinton doesn't know, and the various people that he meets on the ship doesn't know, and the guy that he goes to meet <clears throat> the tall woman doesn't know. Do you think it seems ridiculous that nobody would mention that they know a person who ages backwards? Well, like, you have to think about it. The amount of time that he spends with the ship captain is, like, maybe three years. And, like, when you're... Say that takes age 78 to 75. How different is he really going to look and be in that three years? The aging... Did you find that the aging, like, how he looks at different stages is, like, wildly inconsistent? They did the best they could. It's, like, from, like... Age zero to twelve, like he kind of looks like an old man, but then like all of a sudden, a couple years later, he looks like way less like an old man, like a middle-aged man. And then like not too long after that, he's like kind of basically the age he would be. And then just like oh, rapidly you, you, keeps here's going. another like the like his dad coming to him and like finally saying like, "Hey, I'm your dad." Like it's like this big moment in his life, and it's like it's just like a side thing that they mentioned so that he can now have the name Button. And it's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't do anything. That whole dynamic was just so, was super dumb. You could have cut that whole a whole. This thing is what out. I'm saying. Like it's just entertaining. It does everything and nothing at the same time. <laughs> I I I think I think it's just that one thing though. I don't think it's doing too much besides that. Like it's it's telling you all, it's sharing all these stories because that's what we should talk about. The framing device for this movie is fucking awful. It's such like an two yeah. thousands thing to do. Like, it's so bad. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what you mean by framing. So like, it's framed in the idea that Kate Blanchett's daughter, which is Brad Pitt's daughter, is reading his journals and discovering that she is in fact his daughter. Oh. Um, okay. I didn't think it was Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. I didn't understand the whole Hurricane Katrina <laughs> thing. I didn't get that at all. Why put that in there? It was Fair just enough. because it was fresh three years out of it. I have honestly have no idea why they're doing it. Okay. I didn't think it was going to come up this early, but I want to propose this idea. <clears throat> Since the story is framed through an old woman dying, being pumped with drugs, telling her daughter to read this diary, that Benjamin Button was never actually a person. So therefore, there was never a person who aged backwards. Is it possible? Yes. I'm sure it's possible. Is that what happened? I don't think so. I like to think that he was a real dude. I don't know. <clears throat> I will say that the movie becomes ten times worse if he's not a real person. Because <clears throat> then it's like Kate Blanchett can't even write a good story. So it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, for, it's just, for me, it's like, like the framing device is her having her daughter read this journal 
And then it's like narration by Brad Pitt, which is equally as bad. And then you're just like, why can't you just start it where you start it and just end it with him dying? Like, it, it, it could be that simple. <laughs> yet it isn't. Oh, gosh. There definitely, yeah, there had to be something to spice it up a little bit. If you, like, when people <clears throat> use the phrase, like, Oscar Beatty, like, this is what they're talking about. It's little things like that that make it, like, such an Oscar-y movie. And it was. What was it, like, eight nominations? Something ridiculous like that. I don't know, dude. This is the year after No Country for Old Men, mind you, and There Will Be Blood. Yeah. And this is what they're like. This is a great story. I'm sorry. I, I was just as entertained by this as I was by No Country for Old Men. You're fucking insane. I yeah, was you are just insane. as entertained. <laughs> you know, I would rather watch There Will Be Blood than this. In the same I mean, I, mean I would rather watch There Will Be Blood too, but... There Why didn't blood. we? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not touching that one. I'm going to leave that to you guys. Because I would, I, would, I would offer it, and then you guys would be like, There Will Be Blood, worst movie of the decade fucking sucks okay i think it's the best movie of the decade daniel day lewis absolutely garbage chris i i told like when i re-logged this movie on letterbox you know what i had it gave it gave it well the first time i saw it Uh i gave it a five the first time i saw it and i don't know what had happened but this was severely disappointing for me i don't want to have these thoughts about this movie because when i put it in to watch it i had such fond memories of it I really did. Mm. And I had very fond memories of Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett. And then we get an hour into the movie, and I'm like, where the fuck is Kate Blanchett? Like, when are we going to kick this into high gear? And it's like, oh, in about 45 minutes. And it's just, it was a very disappointing rewatch because I had to drop it down. Is Kate Blanchett the one? Is, is she actually the old woman in the bed with makeup on, or is that another woman? I think it's actually her. It sounds like her. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't tell. Like sometimes I thought it was her, and other times I wasn't sure. I didn't explore that. I honestly thought about just fast forwarding through those parts and then not watching them. I honestly thought about stopping to watch it and just reviewing what I had watched. So to you, this has Pulp Fiction disease. No, because I actually find three fourths of Pulp Fiction entertaining. Oh my fucking and- god. <laughs> Pulp, Pulp Fiction disease is like, it's a very rare occurrence. Like it, it has to be like a broken narrative, like Pulp Fiction and like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And this is not that. This is just, <clears throat> this is just like a movie that's shot well because it's directed by David Fincher. It's shot well. At times, looks hideous. When? Um. Dude, there's a lot of, like, very early days of digital stuff in here that doesn't look very good. Like, anything when they're at sea looks terrible. Oh, that's mm. not true. When they're, when they're, when they're fighting that... It's so that, uh... clearly green-screened. Like, the most green-screened. I don't think and, that like, looks bad. I think it adds to the movie. You what need to get your it? eyes checked, bud. You can't tell any you of this stuff. stop watching things on your phone. Like... I watch this on my TV. I don't want anyone to what think are your... that I actually watch this on my phone. Okay, do you have your... T- Let me guess. Do you have your TV on factory settings? I, I guess. I don't know. I got this from... Do you uh... have a back on it? I got this... Oh, <laughs> this guy. I got I got it for, uh, for free from my uh, girlfriend's hotel. 
Are those supposed to stay in the room? I mean, yeah, but they get new ones every so often. What do you think they do with the TVs? I don't know, actually. That's a good question. We got a free lamp and a free TV. From the same room? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> These are the real questions we should be asking. Yeah, screw this movie. <laughs> Let's talk more about this hotel. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, um, very entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, very. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's just crazy that, like, his next movie would be The Social Network, which is, like, a masterpiece. And then his pre- the previous was Zodiac. And his previous movie was Zodiac. This is better than Zodiac. This is not Shut better up. than Zodiac. This is better than Zodiac. This is his it's worst the, movie. It's equally as long, I'll give you that, but Zodiac is way better. This is the only thing they have in have, common is the length. I'm gonna have to give that a rewatch. The I don't social know. network. I, the social network is is better though. David Fincher is just one of those guys where like I love mostly everything, but he's got some duds in there. I guess I don't know. I don't have the same popular opinion of Fight Club that everyone else has. But I would consider it a dud for David Fincher. I like Fight Club, but I don't like the girl the dragon tattoo. I liked it until Zach pointed something out, and now I can never. The girl with dragon tattoo? Huh? That it ages terribly? That girl with dragon tattoo? Terribly. No, Fight Club. Fight Club uh, did age terribly. I haven't watched it in a little bit. Like, I, I heard, I've heard only one person in the past, like, three years say, You know what movie I really like? Fight Club. It's like. Like, one person. So it just played out. It's just a movie that's very of its time, and it's just not a time that I was there for. Right. So I don't have the same reverence for it. And I knew the twist before I even watched it, so... Sam? When you know that, you can really just look at it like as a movie, and you're like, this really isn't that great. <laughs> it really heavily relies on a twist. <laughs> it's like the sixth sense. Um, any other real thoughts about uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button? Oh, I'm sure there's more. Hold on. Well, sure. uh, what did oh, you guys I think really, of the music? The music's great. I it's don't remember the music. Don't remember the score. Did uh, Trent Reznor do it? No. Mm, I have no idea. Good question. Let's I will say there's like there's a recurring bit that I really loved, and like I just knew every time I like it came up, I was like, Chris is dying at this right now. Like when the guy it- like. Wait, can I guess it? Can I? Oh, I was gonna guess that. Hold on, I didn't hear what it, you like, said. When the guy like constantly refers to the fact that he got struck by lightning. That's he's hilarious. Like, he's been he's been struck by lightning seven times, and then it cuts like to a different time each time he says it. They bring I that it was back great. three times. That's incredible. I agree. It's very funny, and like, I think they intercut a lot of like old footage, old photographs. I liked all of that stuff. The only thing I I could say um, I wasn't like a big fan of was like how they transitioned over into the sixties. I don't think any transition is handled with grace. It's just <laughs> sort of like, well, we don't really know what to do next, so let's just jump forward in time. I thought all of it was handled very well. Um, I especially when they get to like middle aged Brad Pitt, just because he's so fucking handsome. But um, I just <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is. 
But anyways, I just I wasn't really like a big fan of when um, take it easy, take it easy, bud. They have the most like classic '60s song you could think of. Is like they just have the Beatles playing on the Ed Sullivan show in the background. I was like, oh, this is this so is like, exactly what that, you would think. At that point in time, like Brad Pitt can literally just be Brad Pitt. Like that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's just on screen. He's like, hey, I'm Brad Pitt, and it's like he's doing that in the beginning of the movie, but he's just like hunched over more. So it was like. Hey, I'm Brad Pitt. One thing I don't understand is why, like, as he's, like, digressing, why he shrinks and down into, like, a child, into a baby. Why he started off small and then he gets small again? Yeah. I mean, it would like, be you think you would grow, and then now you have, like, a five foot seven, like, two-year-old. <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> like, honey, I blew up the kid? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Just seeing like this giant toddler, or like not even toddler, just infant, just like laying there, rocking back and forth on the sidewalk. Like, Have to okay. walk it with a leash. This is something that made me like, like actually made me really mad. Like when like he's like seven years old and can barely like has dementia and like can't really remember who he is. Like Kate Blanchett's husband has died and she's now taking care of him. Like those are very interesting parts of this guy's life, and it's just like. We're just gonna give you a brief twelve second clip. Yeah, a little montage. It's like, what? <laughs> You're gonna give me thirty minutes with this fucking lame ass ship captain who tattoos himself? He was like, badass. Okay, like this is seems very weird and out of place. But no, let's skip over like the the stuff that could actually be emotionally compelling, and just breeze right to the credits. I mean, the whole yeah, thing it's 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 a weird choice. Very weird. No, no, no. We need to spend lots of time setting up Brad Pitt going to a brothel so that he can have this moment with this captain so that he can really sink home that he lost his virginity. But this part at the end, not part. It's also weird how they glossed over how he, like, comes back and, like, Kate Blanchett kind of has to deal with mixed feelings now that this guy is back. Again, another very interesting point of his life that's just kind of grazed over. It's also like, what does he do in that time? Like, okay, we get this montage of him going to India. He washed his shirt in water. That was cool. He does wash his shirt. He eats rice. Picks a yep. motorcycle. Drives uh, a motorcycle on the Vietnam, you know, the the, the the flatland. See, that would be interesting too. What if he's like a like a draft dodger? Because he's like, he's literally 65, but he looks like he's 18. I mean, he'd be 65 on paper. So I mean, they would, the draft wouldn't summon him. Yeah, but imagine he's walking down the street. You have Marine recruiters right there, and they're like, "Hey, boy, you want to join the army?" And he has to be like, "Actually, I'm 65. I can't." Also, like, <laughs> I'm not an able-bodied man. I still don't get. I still don't get like why more people wouldn't talk about this, and like why he wouldn't want to be studied by every medical professional in the world. I mean, you wouldn't want to be poked and prodded for your entire life. But that could be an interesting thing to do for the movie. Then that just adds another half hour to 45 minutes. No, 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 Chris, no. I'm not saying add that to what's already there. You don't get rid of the initial part. Don't do it. Let's just make this a mini-series, right? Each year of his life can have a whole hour. We can really just dive into this guy. That's a TV show. 80 episodes, 8 seasons of 10 episodes apiece. The first episode and the last episode are going to be very boring. So yep. You're just going to be watching them in a crib. I just didn't understand. 
why like he didn't fall asleep as a baby. You look over and then you just see this little like cum stain on the blanket. Because <laughs> essentially that's what he st- you start out as, isn't it? Well, no, you don't start out as a stain. <laughs> I'm just saying, like you look over and you got this little like wet spot on the bed, and you're like, oh, you, you want to see the, the contraception? Yeah, or the, exactly. Not the word. Conception. Conception. That's the word. Conception. You want to see it happen? Yeah. It's like it happens. It's like it's all wrinkly. Did you see a, a semen cell just swimming away <laughs> from the egg? Yeah. So in, like with a walker, like Kate Blanchett. <laughs> Like Kate Blanche is just holding like a pool of cum in her hand. Oh, Benjamin! <laughs> Benjamin! <laughs> it looks like Johnny Knoxville from Bad Grandpa. He's like swimming towards the egg. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it a six out of five. That makes it my first six out of five. That and the and the six foot two two year old. Yeah, that that honestly should have been a thing. I was very disappointed. Because he's not he's not born like full grown. No, that's what I was saying. Like the movie started going, and I was like, I can't wait to get to the end and literally see a full grown baby. Like this is gonna be amazing. You know they were sitting there in the room though when they were writing this, and they were like. Okay, we have to do this. <laughs> we have to do it. And then somebody was like, no, man, no, man, don't touch the six foot two, two year old. Don't touch it. Like they did it and saw it on the screen. They were like, this is horrifying. <laughs> they fully they fully went through with it. It was like old effects of like filming a two year old baby up close and then like digitally putting it into like a regular person in the background. Maybe they did it at the test screening and it didn't go over so well. I want to see that. I want to see that. I'm going to recut it with footage from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> like the scene like where he's like on the roof. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. He's like, come down from there. I'm going <laughs> to cut in a scene with like this giant baby. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in on in that. edits. It'll be better. And I'll just cut out the first hour. Thank you. I will not watch it. Is this the first time you saw it, Jacob? Yes. And the fact that I almost, like, bought it on Blu-ray and, like, paid for shipping to get it here in a couple days to watch it. Where'd you watch it? I own the Criterion Blu-ray. Really? Ah, sucker. I rented some cool special features. I rented it on iTunes. Like I said, when I bought it, I thought this movie was a 5 out of 5 because I had loved it the first time I saw it. Well, if you're going to get rid of it, let me have it. Uh, no, I'm not going to get rid of it. It'll sit in the seas, and it will never be watched again where it belongs. Why is it in the seas, not the T's? Because it's called... Because the is like a, a comma, the at the end. That, that is how you would officially write it if you were cataloging it. Oh, okay. You never start with the, Chris. Or a. This is like, news to me. Like a quiet place, you but you put that in Q, bud. I mean, I, I don't organize my movies alphabetically anyways. I just scatter them throughout. You're a monster. What, you only own like seven, right? I mean, I used to own 250. Ooh. Uh, DVDs. Well, my Family Guy season four is right <laughs> next to my DVD copy of Silver Linings Playbook. No, you know what I would do? I would I would take all individual discs of Family Guy season four and I'd separate them throughout my notebook. Wait, 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 wait. 
You would put it in I the want... little like zip thing. Yeah, I had. I you had. Don't even like, have little... like a shelf. It's like it's in a, a carrying case. I had a tote that I had all of my DVD cases in, and then I had a carrying case full of my DVDs, uh, so I could just flip through. And How much just... do you need to be with them? I mean, I brought them home. I brought them to college. I brought them to my dad's house. Like I would, I would, I had my movies almost anywhere I went. You bring them to Walmart with you and just carry them around? No, because then people would think I'm stealing stuff. No, they would probably arrest you for being such a fucking moron. You guys are just. What do you have a carrying case for? I mean. What is this 1995? You, okay, you keep okay. Keep track of all your CDs. You, you guys, you guys. You're, you're lending out your tool me. CDs and your fucking Sublime CDs. You need to keep them straight. You let me know uh, when you guys want to mobilize your collection, because then I'll bring over my DVD case. If I, I am have... mobilizing it, I'm, it's going to be digital. You're too. You're too possession struck to get rid of your physical copies that's why i said if i'm never going oh to that's 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 not if because if means there's a chance of it happening there's if, no chance no, of it happening. No, no, no. if there were <laughs> new releases like the, the the number one problem is that there's no like one consistent place it's like it's like a scattered like you could do it on itunes you can do it on voodoo you can do it here you can do it like if there was one place and one place only I would cons- and if they had like new releases, UHD, like let's say like eight ninety nine, you can have the digital, just digital, eight ninety nine. I'd think about it. Even your Criterion Collection. No. I thought so. That's different. Those are right. special. I just wanted to be sure. We're on the same but page. new releases, like normal releases of movies that come out this year, I'd think about it. Aren't you getting rid of all those anyways? So I have quite a few. You're having a hard time letting them go, aren't you? I wouldn't say a hard time. Right now, I'm at full capacity. So we'll have to, when I do another big purchase, we'll have to weed through some more. <coughs> you all right? <coughs> For those listening, Jake Swall- is currently dying. <coughs> Swallowed water, Ron. Wrong butt. <coughs> that about sums up a curious case of Benjamin Button. <coughs> Fuck me. All right, what are we doing out of, <coughs> out of five stars, Chris? I'm rating it a five out of five. You're giving it a five, huh? I'm getting it a five. Did you give... Uh, what's the last one you did? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Did you give that a five? A I think four. so. I think, I think I did. It was either a four or a half <coughs> or a five. I'm just curious. Skinny's in New York is only a, a three and a half, so. <laughs> Still feel like it deserved to get in, but whatever. Uh, I'm going two. Oh, 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 that's harsh. I'm that's going, so harsh. I'm going 3.5. Oh my gosh, you're dropping it a full star and a half? I am. That's harsh. I didn't give it, at least I didn't give it a two. I liked it more than him, obviously. Yeah, but I expected from him. <laughs> I did. Oh, God, I didn't like it at all. Well, I guess it's time to take a vote here. <laughs> <laughs> yes for me. <laughs> I'm 
sorry, Chris. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a pass for me this time around. Oh shoot, I was totally gonna say yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Do I do I have one in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Alright, cool. Alright. I just wanna point out that of the three of us, I'm the only one that's three for three. Well, what are the three you pick? True. Halloween, The Blair Witch Project, and American Movie. Chris is one for three. <laughs> and My I'm... picks aren't bad picks. You guys are <laughs> No, they're bad picks. <laughs> Two, one of them was bad. One of them is great, and one of them is not the worst. So I'm mediocrity, just right down the middle. I'm one, I'm one for two. Okay, I've, I've only had two, so I'm the next one. What was yours? You had Suspiria, and what was the other one? Uh, Mulholland Drive. Oh, that's right. Which yeah, you I... stopped that one from getting in. So that's why I one. said no. Yeah, I did. Sorry, David Lynch. Not happening. Yeah, he doesn't like you. <clears throat> I got a couple <clears throat> ideas for mine for the next one. Are there ever points in times where we can revisit them? Yeah. Sure. Do we just have to do it on our own? Like, like, can we trade votes? Okay, here's here's what I think. For that, like, if you wanted to bring it up again, say you think... Say you were like, Jacob, I think you were just in a shitty mood when you watched that movie, and that's why you're I being wasn't. so negative about it. I wasn't. I want, I'm, I'm putting it up again for another vote. You're using your turn for the same movie, but let's say it sits in a penalty box for like a year. It cannot be brought up again for a year. <laughs> All, right. All right. I mean, can can we trade votes though? Like, could I sit here and be like, "Listen, Jake, I'll trade my vote of Mulholland Drive for your vote of Gangs of New York." <laughs> no. Can we do that? Well, no, then you're, you're questioning the integrity of our Hall of Fame at that point. Yeah, now Hall of Fame is. Just I mean, if you guys good. didn't vote in Benjamin Button, clearly the integrity's already compromised, anyways. Sure, clearly. Touche. The Hall of Fame should not be a reflection of who can whore the most. Or Clearly, I can whore the most. Unless that's the best example of what a Hall of Fame is. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it is. Who knows? In that case, Legally Blonde is next. <laughs> I I got, I've got like three ideas. I haven't decided yet. Luckily, we've got some time. Do we have any good movies coming out in the next couple of weeks? <clears throat> Ad Astra next week. Oh, that's right. Wait, no, the week after. The 20th, whatever day that is. 10 days. Oh, no, that is next week. <clears throat> Three from Hell comes out September 16th. Oh. Rob Zombie Classic. I gotta watch. Is there. Is that third the third in a trilogy? So you'll have to third? watch the other two first. Oh, what does it wow. say? <laughs> is that House of, a Th- House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil Rose Rejects? Okay. Three from Hell well, is the third one. I just picked I just picked those up, so I guess I need an excuse to watch him. I don't I mean, think you, you can review it because I don't think it's coming. I don't think it's getting released wide. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I'll Let's see if the Nick's gonna have it. The Nick has had a whole bunch of shit. I don't know. I don't know. We gotta figure out what we wanna do next week, but we'll get to that. We got time. What's Let's move on, and uh, let's talk about some other things that we watched this week. Chris, you said you had a big day today. Yes. 
I I watched something today that I've been meaning to watch for like a long time. Are you gonna start us off? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, first I wa- off, I was gonna say when we're going through these, if there's a lull when someone's done talking, next person, just tell us what you watched. But you're the host. I don't. You gotta I don't, keep I, us. I shouldn't you have host to tell this you. show. I shouldn't have to tell you. I lead us to segments within the segment. I think we can all manage. This what about is your show? It's not. What if you just yell our name? Like instead of being like, all right, Chris, would you watch this speech? Be like, Chris! And then I'll go. I think we can dictate ourselves here. We're older. We don't, we don't want to I, talk any any sort of news that came out this week. Oh, we can. What's up? Is there, there clearly something came up that's got your interest, Zach. Midsummer's director's cut, perchance? Per it is coming. It's coming, but exclusively to uh, Apple TV. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> This streaming stuff is getting out of hand. It's disgusting. It's okay. It's like... How, like there's just going to be so many different streaming services that it's just wait, wait, so that we got kind of bullshit. So we got Disney's got theirs. NBC's Apple got TV, theirs. NBC's yeah. going to have theirs. Apple TV's going to have their thing. Hulu. Netflix. Hulu, Netflix. HBO. <laughs> yeah, but these will all just become places like... That will... They'll basically just be a platform for their own original content. HBO is kind of already that. Yeah, but they're still like, hosting like movies like they just like Can You Ever Forgive Me and all that shit. That well, yeah, no movies released by Warner Brothers. Yeah, but that's the thing is that if you want to watch some of those movies, you have to have a streaming service through that. Oh, is that what HBO does? They just do Warner Brothers films. Uh, most of them, yeah, are okay. movies are properties owned by Warner Brothers. Hmm. Well, didn't Disney just, like, buy up Fox recently, and now they own, like, 40% of the film industry? You? Yeah, 40%. Something like that. Some number I heard. That's a high percentage. It is. It is. It is. It's, I don't know. I think film is kind of like the housing bubble. It's going to burst before it can rebound. It's too much, man. Like, you think at a certain point, they'd be like, all right, guys, I think we're done. We did it. We've accomplished our goal. Well, they just ever going to be done. No, man, because there's profits to be had. Yeah, whatever. It's just kind of sad that like we're just going to get more and more superhero movies that go to the theater, and all the other stuff is going to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's either okay. So it's it's that it's sequels no one asked for. And reboots no one asked for. Yeah. But, like, it's easy to blame Disney, but, like, they're all guilty of it. Yeah, but Disney's yeah. the worst culprit. No, they're just the loudest culprit. Well, because they have the most money. Say, anybody who had their money would be doing the exact same thing. It just happens to be Disney. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be doing that. Like, guess what? Guess who's not behind the Terminator sequel? Disney, but it's still being made. Yeah, I guess. So. And like Netflix, did you? Did either of you? Are you either of you at all curious about a Breaking Bad movie? No. Oh, that's a thing. I thought that was like a st- stupid internet thing that was floating around. No, like that is an actual movie being released on Netflix, <laughs> October 11th, about what happened to Jesse Pinkham. Really? I'm interested about Dark Crystal. Uh, yeah, that's, there, there you go. There's another one, Dark Crystal. Like, does anyone actually care about anything this is happening? 
Is these just like safe bets because they're already established properties, so there's bound to be some fans, so they'll and, like, watch it. <laughs> the worst part with Netflix is that like when Disney releases a movie, we can see if people liked it or not based on how well it performs at the box office. Netflix's numbers are not public. It's basically all what they tell you. And so they can be like, oh, it broke streaming records even if like six people watched it. Because there's no way to verify what they're saying. Hmm, interesting. <clears throat> um, I don't... What's what's new co- stuff coming out for Netflix content? The Irishman's coming out. The Irishman and Breaking Bad are what they're really banking on right now. So those are the big ones that they're going for? I think so. Their dogs oh, and the new okay. The new Noah Baumbach movie is being released on Netflix this so it's, in it's November. Second, so that's the second one now I do for Netflix? Uh, the first one he just did and was acquired by Netflix. I think this one is actually... What was the first Netflix, one? Netflix, The Meyerwood Stories. Oh, okay. Like, technically a Netflix original, but he self... I believe he self-financed it and did it himself, and Netflix just acquired distribution rights. Oh, okay. What's this? What's the new one he's got coming out? It has Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Interesting. It's going to be a 6 out of 5. It's going to be amazing. I already know. <clears throat> oh gosh! Can't wait. Oh, who's doing who's doing the Rambo Last Blood? There's another one. Though <laughs> so that one, I'll I mean I'll see that one. But you're right. Rambo Our, gets his catheter replaced. Living in a world. <laughs> Rambo Five, directed by Adrian Grunberg who has such classics as Get the Gringo, starring Mel Gibson. Oh, nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, brother. Oh, here we go. Big news. Have you guys seen the reviews coming in for The Fanatic? That's going to be directed by Limp Biscuit's own Fred Durst. Yes. Wait, what? It's starring John Travolta. And how great is it? Oh, it's getting well, terrible reviews. Oh, Let's that's review it next sad. week. Like... People are shitting on John Travolta hard. It's okay. I mean, I'm looking at this guy right now, and he looks like he should be shit on. I, like, I want to see it. Like, okay. All you really have to know is directed by Fred Durst. And if you were curious, Fred Durst, that name sounds familiar. How do I know that guy? Google his name. Lead singer of Limp Biscuit. That's all you have to know. <laughs> <laughs> One that I am excited to come that's coming out to streaming services is <clears throat> uh, is it Our Tigers Afraid? Our Tigers are uh, it's coming to Shutter. I think I it's tig- maybe Tigers are not afraid. I think yeah, Tigers are not afraid. It's like Netflix is now just like the hosting platform for shitty stand-up specials and true crime documentaries. If that's what you love, you'll love Netflix. Oh, shitty and then not so shitty. I, I guess I can only I can think of way more terrible ones than good ones. Oh shit! Tigers are not afraid comes to Shutter on September twelfth, which is Thursday. Which is Thursday. What is Shutter? It's a horror streaming service. Uh, okay, never mind then. Not for me. Um, but yeah, I'm real excited. It's like a fantastical movie. Set in set in Mexico. I'm fine with that. Like it is based around a certain genre, but like 
Disney having a streaming service, like Warner Brothers, like any of these other like Universal streaming service. Like, <clears throat> I feel like we watch more movies than the average person. Yep. Like, even I, like, you could name a title, and like, I still don't even know 100% if I could tell you like who it belongs to. So it's like, how do I, like, I don't know if I want the Universal streaming service. I don't really know what properties Universal owns. Like, what? So I think at that point, that's the hope where people just buy them all, and then you just have ones that just sit there. There's going to be so many. I mean, people are going to opt in for the NBC streaming service just because of The Office. Like, that's probably true. That's guaranteed. Pirating Disney will has get already everybody. become very popular in recent years. It's just going to become even more popular. The more exclusive you make content to people. Like, it's, it's bad enough that, like, with something like Netflix, where lots of stuff is already readily available, how much stuff gets pirated. It's going to get even worse when you're now you're asking people to pay for Netflix, Hulu. I now you have to pay an additional $10 to add Disney to your Hulu account. Like, it's just... You're begging people to not pay to watch this stuff. So do you think that means something like The Mandalorian, <clears throat> the show that's coming out, do you think that means they'll never release it on physical copy? That they'll probably just not. keep it on Disney? It'll probably always be streaming only. Hmm. Well, what a time to be alive. What's Welcome Apple to hell. T- Doesn't Apple TV have a couple big things that they're coming out with? Well, Midsummer Director's Cut. Yeah, but I have a few more things they're releasing. I thought there was a couple big... I, thought, I can't remember looking up. I can't remember. Um, Apple TV... It's only four ninety nine a month. Interesting. I don't have anything to offer you right now. We don't think they could, you could get in for four ninety nine a month and then just lock that in. No. No. You couldn't lock in Netflix price. Oh, that's true. It says uh, November first for four ninety nine a month. What's November first? That's the Apple TV. Plus streaming service. I don't know. I don't know. I Jason don't care Mom- either. Jason Momoa apparently has a show for oh, Apple that's TV+. Right. Plus. That's the thing I was thinking of. I came here for more bad line delivery. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. I'll look it up later. Chris, you want to tell us what you watched this week? No, he can't. He's not in the room. Oh. <laughs> Zach, you want to start it? Um, yeah, I'll start by <sighs> talking about something that I know Chris doesn't care about. Uh, so I watched Cabin Fever from 2003, directed by Eli Roth. Uh, it's important to distinguish that this is the director's cut. Oh, does it add a lot more to it? No, but some things are different. Um, Lionsgate, when they acquired the rights... They changed some things. They made them. They made it be like less graphic. Oh, uh, okay. And <clears throat> so this just restores the gore. Yep. Uh, and it's still great. I still love it. Favorite it's, Eli Roth film? Probably. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know actually. I love Hostel too. 
Or you like Hostel 2, not the first one? I like Hostel as well. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I would probably say this is the, my favorite one, and probably his best one. It gets a little out of hand near the end, but, you know. I've actually never seen it. It's great. I should. There's you a very own? disgusting scene of... So, do you know what it's about? Uh, is it just people that get, like, a virus or something like that? I'll stay at this cabin. Yeah, it's a flesh-eating virus. It's in the water. And Modern this girl is, like... Oh, it grosses me out just, like, thinking about it. This girl is, like, shaving. And you can just imagine where it goes. It's, like, her skin is being eaten by bacteria, and she's shaving, and it's... Ouch. Oh, it's a... Uh, gross but it's a great at the same time Eli Roth is great gross <clears throat> Eli Roth like, is pretty good at that uh, gore horror shit you want to look away but you're also like that's so good that's so clever mm-hmm. I don't know yep. how you guys do it I don't know I'm not how you ab- do it. <clears throat> I'm not as big on the body horror I mean like I remember watching Saw for the first time and watching the dude cut off his own foot. And then I wa- watching that, I was still like, you don't even see it really. But I remember still squaring this. be like, I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> see, like, supernatural horror, like, I don't know. I can really look at a lot of that and be like, mm, this is dumb. Something like that, I can look at it and be like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing Zach sitting on the couch alone, just going like, oh, yeah, yeah. Add this in. It's usually at like 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> what the fuck? You're like, as soon as you wake up, you go sit down and do this shit? You make it sound like it's something weird, like I'm just watching a movie. You're watching a movie at 6.30 in the morning about people getting flesh-eating bacteria. It just happens to be what it's about. Like, I could also just as easily watch... The Curious Case of Benjamin Button at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> Did you? Uh, no. I watched it in two sittings because it was too boring. Oh, my gosh. Didn't even give it the effort. <clears throat> that's, not, that's not why I watched it in two sittings. I had to go to work, but I did split it into two settings. That's why it dropped a star and a half. That's my excuse. I doubt it. <laughs> Whatever. I was like, it was like one of the first times in a long time I was looking forward to going to work. <laughs> oh fuck! Well, I'm glad it could at least provide that service to you. Yeah, that's why I didn't bump it two full stars, just a what star and a half. You asshole! <laughs> <laughs> Made me excited for the rest of my day, or I didn't have to see it. Mm-hmm. But then you came back <laughs> and saw the second half, and you're like, "Ooh, this is the stuff that I like." This is a solid. Flick. How long? How far are we into this? An hour and a half. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no comment. You know, Chris, you know what they say, Chris. What? The more time you spend away from home and you go back, <laughs> you realize that you're the one that's changed. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I gained some wis- wise words of wisdom from this movie. I'm very sorry because they're all things you should have known before. They're things that I haven't had yet time to experience. Okay. You've been away from home when you go like, home. Like sex with a oh. woman. <laughs> I look around, same hallways, the same bedroom. People are the same. The only thing that's changed is me. 
<laughs> Fuck, dude. Let's see. Uh, this week I checked out. Or I checked out. I rewatched the Babadook, written and directed by Jennifer Kent. And I remember watching this when it first came out on Netflix, and I liked it quite a bit. And this time around, Chris, I love it. I have tried, but I couldn't start. Too scary. I can't do horror movie. I heard it's too, creepy as shit, dude. Too scary. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I heard that it's one of the creepiest movies that people have seen. It's definitely creepy, and it could be up there with one of my best horror films of the decade. I will say, Chris, if this helps, there is a scene that I think is genuinely hilarious and that I quote all the time. What is it's it? It's probably my most quoted horror film. So it's <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. What is it's it? When, uh, they're in the car, and she like turns around, and she shouts at him. She's like, "Why can't you be uh, normal?" And then his—that's <laughs> what I, I say that line all the time. But his response is what makes me laugh because his response is just, "Hey!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, no, but the design of the Babadook is genuinely creepy. <clears throat> And what's so what I really like about the Babadook is that it's not actually like a lot of it's not actually focused on like the creature of the Babadook. <clears throat> um, it spends a lot more time just looking at the relationship between the mother and her son. And for those who don't know, the movie is about <clears throat> it's about a woman who gets in a car accident on the way to the hospital and her husband dies, but the child survives. And so, you know, five, six years later, um, it's just the child and her, but she has a lot of resentment towards the child for living. And one day they receive a mysterious book known as Mr. Babadook. And after she reads it, starts noticing some very bizarre things happening with her son and eventually starts happening to her. And it's a little... It's a little on the nose in terms of its, uh, like what it's trying to say about grief and how we deal with grief and how we process grief and move on from grief. Um, But that aside, like it is incredibly effective and creepy. Um, I love the design of the Babadook. I love like the way that it slowly builds and works in. where there's like a great scene where she's at the police station and sees like a jacket hanging and then it has like the Duke's hands on it and then she goes home and it's like looking at through her window and like sees the Duke across the street in her neighbor's window and then just slowly gets worse and you know more and more intense as the movie goes on and I excuse me I like and I like the ending quite a bit. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of horror movies like it's an interesting premise and then what it built up to. Sometimes it's hard to nail the ending, and with this one, I enjoy it quite a bit. And it's just a very nice, tight hour and a half, uh, great thrill ride. I look for it at the end of the year, Chris. I really like, that's the thing is I really want to like horror. I just I can't. 
For some reason, it's the one genre that I just cannot do. Does it? Does it? Do you get scared by it? I just think that I. I'm not going to say I don't see the artistry in it. It's just it's not art that I enjoy. You don't want to be scared. I don't want to be scared. I don't like the idea of going to see a movie just so I can be like, whoa, 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 man. I will say that I love horror movies, and I've never gone to see one because of that. Why do you go see horror movies? I'll tell you what I don't. It's not for the... (laughs) 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 Then, Then give me a good reason why I should go watch more horror movies. I can't. If it's something you don't like, I can't give you a reason to go see one. I just know that I enjoy it. It's kind of, I guess, I guess I kind of understand because I think comedy and horror are honestly pretty similar. Like, I think they're kind of working in the same vein. Chris, you like and... to laugh? <clears throat> I hate it. I'd prefer to go see a horror movie. I don't understand why you don't like to laugh, man. Because I think, I think it's easier to make someone laugh than it is to scare someone. Yeah. No, I think it's easier to scare someone than to make them laugh. Well, I think you're wrong. I think it's somebody. Well, Zach, it's, it's, I respect your. I could pull up. Wrong. I think I, I, it's easier to make somebody laugh than it is to make somebody genuinely horrified. But to make to jump somebody, I think it's just as easy to jump somebody as it is to get a laugh. But to get somebody to I don't consider laugh, jump scares as like I don't scares. Know. I just know of like a hundred different YouTube videos that I could pull up right now. <laughs> And Chris would laugh. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of things that I could pull up where like Chris would be like, Well, that's pretty that's pretty scary. I don't know if I want to see that. Just about anything. <laughs> like in all honesty, literally just about anything. Well, maybe you're not the best test dummy for this. I'm in yeah, either he's, form. He's not. In, in either in either scenario. I laugh at everything. That's just we'll have to use Chip. Chip never laughs and he claims to never be scared, so it's true. Chip, Chip is one of those people that just says, <clears throat> that's funny. I don't get those people. <laughs> I don't. Where's the enjoyment of just saying something's funny? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Gosh darn. No, it's not even that. It's not even a ha-ha. <laughs> it's just like a, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, Chris, what did you watch? Oh. Um, this is a movie I've been trying to watch for a long time, and then I was at Bull Moose the other day buying my first Criterion. Woo-hoo. Yes, it counts. Oh, you're going to tell us? I know what you're going to tell us about. I, uh, no, uh, not that one. I was between that one or another one. Um, I watched Easy Rider. Oh. And this is exactly what you'd think of if you gave somebody a video camera and sent them to go follow two people on motorcycles. And I really liked, I really liked a lot of it. I it was like, a lot like Wild Hogs. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of people on motorcycles. If only, if only. Um, I don't know. It was just really cool. All the shots are really pretty. It was basically, I don't know. Um, the whole entire experience was a fun time. It was just like a critique on freedom. I feel like. So it was nice to see both sides of the spectrum on how, especially in the 60s, how uptight people were in comparison uh, to the hippie crowd and how in contrast they were with one another. But it's also about these guys and then just going along and doing their thing because how the whole premise of the movie is, is 
these guys commit a drug deal down in Mexico, and that takes like a minute and a half of the movie. And then the rest of the movie is just spent with them on their motorcycles trying to drive all the way to Mardi Gras. And then they're picking people up along the way and dropping them off. They're coming in contact with, like, a hippie commune. So this sounds a lot like Wild Hogs. Hogs. Mixed with that scene in Dumb and Dumber where they pick up hitchhikers. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Essentially. Um, Great mashup. I don't know. I was really entertained. Um, Is, is Is there a lot of nudity in it? There's none. Okay, because I know there's like the Easy Rider magazine, and I thought that was somehow inspired by the movie. The connection is motorcycles. I mean, you see a oh, butt. That's it. Okay, gotcha. You see a butt at one point, but that's about it. But it has As a whole lot of smoke speed. Easy Rider is a type of motorcycle. Oh, well, boom, there you go. Crack the case on that one, Zach. That was easy. How's Tim Allen in the movie? Good? Fantastic. That's what I thought. He plays a he he brings a his inner Tim the Toolman Taylor out in Easy Rider, and you can Watch really see improvement that. right now. <laughs> yeah, um, fantastic! It was it was an awesome movie though. You sp- you spend like half an hour of this movie just watching them ride their motorcycles with like different shots of the scenery around them. But you know, it would be a great double feature. Speaking of Tim Allen, mm-hmm. so you go from Wild Hogs. And then you just go right into Old Dogs. Two movies, both starring. Oh, is that what it's called? Who's an old dog? What's is that him and? Who's John the other Travolta. guy? No, that's Robin Williams and John Travolta, isn't it? What movie? I thought for sure that was Robin Williams and. John Wait, what Travolta. movie? Old Dogs. No, you're right. It is. Ooh, I don't know. It's Robin Williams. God damn it! Well, that ruins that double feature. Still a decent double feature, though. Sure, or Wild sh- Hogs and Old dog. Dogs. Shaggy Dog. Go. Let's do Shaggy Dog. Wild Hogs and Old Dogs. Wild Hogs and Shaggy Dogs. Hey, at least it rhymes, so that makes it a good double feature. And then you jump right into Santa Claus 1 through 4. Exactly. <laughs> okay. It's you, Zach. Well... You know, he was thinking, he was sitting there right there, and he was like, Zach, just go. <laughs> Take the lead. <laughs> I watched a little movie this week from 2016, directed by the one and only fashion designer Tom Ford. Uh, this is a movie called Nocturnal Animals. Have either of you seen this movie? It's in my watch pile right now. Chris, you might, you might like it. You're a big Amy Adams fan. I'm not a big Amy Adams fan. I don't like Amy Adams. Neither do I. I think she's the worst. And I think she's the worst part of this movie. Uh, so basically, it's a classic whodunit. Not really. Uh, so it's an inner whining tale of a man sends his ex-wife a novel that he wrote. Uh. She reads the novel and starts thinking that it is in some way about her because he dedicates it to her so the movie is like it shows you what is happening like it is a dramatization of what's happening in the novel as well as cutting back and forth between the Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal relationship and like Amy Adams' present tense life and 
I like it. I like the movie quite a bit. It has some very provocative opening credits. And if you like that... I, I if do. You, if you like the opening credits, I think you will like the movie. But if you see the opening credits and you're just like, I'm not really interested in this movie, you should just shut it off right there. Because it's... It's what you're in for. Do you see penis? Hmm. No. Mm, not like Gone Girl, then. You see a penis in Gone Girl? Very quick flash of Ben Affleck's penis. <clears throat> is Very it quick. Real penis? Mm, I would assume so. I don't know why they would do a prosthetic for how quick how quick it is. Oh, you never know. Maybe it's, he's like, it was intended to be longer. He's he's stepping the pro- into the, the shower. The shot, not the prosthetic. I mean, I wouldn't want my penis to be. <laughs> <laughs> My, I mean that that that's eternal at that point. I won't say much about nocturnal animals, as neither of you have seen it. Other than that, it's quite good. Um, the problem I think is that the dramatization of the novel is like so much better than anything else that's going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the present tense Amy Adams stuff really like comes together as well as Tom Ford is hoping. Like, it definitely reaches a point where you're like, I know what you're doing, but it just doesn't, like, that just doesn't feel satisfying, I guess. So it's almost like the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, in a way. <laughs> I see what you're doing, David Fincher, but it's not satisfying. I had to wake up four different times, and this movie is still going. Because <laughs> are terrible people. Yeah, I mean, wa- I'll try to watch it for next week. I've already I'd, I'd seen it before. I was rewatching it, seeing where it would fall, and it fell off. So there you go. Um, well, well, Michael Shannon is in it, and he's fantastic. I do like Michael Shannon. Well, Chris, do you want to talk about a movie that has Kate Blanchett? And it's actually good. Where'd you go, Bernadette? Blue Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. Ugh, I want to watch it, but. Can't, do, can't bring myself to do it. Why? I don't know. It's just, I saw the first, like, 15 minutes, and it was just really hard to get through. What about it was hard to get through? I don't know. It's just, like, I w- it could have just been the viewing experience for me, because when I watched it, I wasn't in ideal conditions. But I was just sitting there watching the first 15 minutes, and I was like, this is just difficult. Is your favorite Woody Allen movie Ants? I mean, isn't everybody's? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I remember watching Blue Jasmine again when it first came out. I haven't seen it since, and I I did like it. I didn't think I would like it as much, but I wanted to watch it and, you know, see if it maybe still held up. Guess what, Chris? It does. What? Kate Blanchett is excellent. I love her in it. I think what I really like most about Blue Jasmine is you the way that You were referred to as Oscar winner. That's true. She took home the she took home the gold for this. Really? Yeah. Was she nominated for Carol? Yes. Did she win for Carol? No. Who won above her? Um. What year was Carol? Two thousand fifteen. I don't remember that. What year? Who that won was. the year that Leo won for The Revenant? I don't remember. Brie Larson. That's oh, for, for Room? 
Yeah. <coughs> yep, that's it. Makes sense. Um, but no, her Oscar gold in Blue Jasmine, well deserved. You could say that it's just not really her scene. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you guys? I didn't mean it like that. But anyways, what I like most about Blue Jasmine is the way that it's edited and kind of showing you like parts of her life in San Francisco and like just her getting by and then how that's mirrored to her life in New York and being incredibly wealthy and being a socialite. Um, I like Sally Hawkins a lot as her sister, Ginger. And I like a lot, like, I just like their relationship, seeing, like, you know, the average day person who's just working their ass off to get by, and how that compares to the person that's never had to work a day in their life, and, you know, seeing what it's like to get your hands dirty for a second. Um, Alec Baldwin, he's fine in it. He's just kind of doing his... He's just doing his Alec Baldwin thing, honestly. It's really no different than his 30 Rock performance or his performance in It's Complicated, which you can currently get right now for $5 on Amazon. Um, what about his performance in Black Klansman? He was in Black Klansman? A bit different. He does the opening little, like, spoof commercial thing. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, it's not like that Alec Baldwin. Oh, okay. That's good no. to know. Um, but no, I like, I like, I like the story also quite a bit. I think, I think, um, what be, essentially what becomes the most interesting about it is her being so desperate to get out of her situation of living with her sister, living in what she essentially thinks is like slums, um, that she essentially does to Peter Skarsgård's character, hearing what his name is in the movie. Um, but she does to him essentially what Alec Baldwin was has been doing to everyone and did to her. So the fact that it comes full circle, um, oh, it's it's interesting. Also, uh, I think her being able to like switch into that character where she's sort of in her nervous breakdown, talking to herself, acting kind of crazy. I think I don't know. She uh, pulled. She pulled this role off very well. Cool, cool. I'm glad I revisited it. Yeah, I probably should. We'll see if I, I have time. It's on you, Chris. Oh, um, the next movie that I watched is going to make my top fifty of the decade, and you both are going to hate that. Um, Garfield. The movie Chef. I like Chef. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I am a big fan of this movie. It's typically one of my go-tos when I'm just like, let's just put on a movie. Just because I've seen it so many times. It, It has no really real purpose to it. There's no like meat and potatoes of it all which is like kind of nice. It's all lighthearted throughout the entire thing. Plus I just love watching a man cook. You watched the same movie? Yeah, of course I did. It's lighthearted throughout the entire movie. You're right. When he's screaming at the food critic and feels like a complete failure in his entire life, very yeah. lighthearted. Feel good uh, and romp. 
I'm just say. I'm just saying, even before and after that, throughout the whole entire thing, you're kind of just like, oh, okay, okay. Like, it's not meant to be taken like, oh, shit, oh, shit. And then, like, crying or anger. Like, it's meant to just be like a, well, that sucks. On to the next thing. Sure. But I was, I'm a big fan of this movie. Um, I like watching people cook. It's just one of my things. You, so, do, you do like watching people cook. I really do. I think it's very entertaining. Plus, this... You yeah. should watch the show... Uh, what's the name of it? A Beat Bobby Flay. No, no. I'm all set on Beat Bobby. That is all people cooking. Yeah, but I don't want to I don't like watching cooking competitions that much. I do watch them every once in a while, but I like watching people just cook food. Like I, I think want to like, get like a nice YouTube lifestyles channel. Someone just preparing meals. I don't like somebody teaching me how to cook stuff. I just like watching people cook stuff. You're very for someone who likes to watch people cook. You're very particular on how you watch them cook. Well, it's not just like how I watching them cook. It's like watching somebody's like talking to me, like preaching to me about what they're cooking and how they're doing it. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool, but like watching on, people just doing their thing. You know, watching people in their own mode just cooking. Like, that's 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 cool shit. I like in Chef when this is very, like, like quick-cutting, like, montage of him cooking food. And then we get to the end, and, like, his son eats it. And he's like, oh, wow, this is really good. What is it? And he's like, grilled cheese. I was like, what? <laughs> that's what you made? <laughs> Oh, man, but it looks so good. Like, it's just a grilled cheese, but, like, he, like, spreads the butter on it so evenly. He puts, like, four different types of cheeses in there, and then he swirls it around and get, like, up close to it. And you're just like, that looks so fucking good. Like, I would eat the shit out of that. Hey, Dad, what am I I eating? Grilled cheese. (laughs) (laughs) I like how he's, like, they're at the, the supermarket, and he's, like, he's, like, Dad, can I get some kettle corn? He's like, why would you want kettle corn? You got a beautiful piece of fruit right there. Have a piece of fruit. Just have a piece of fruit. And then you cut away, and he's eating kettle corn, too. And I'm just like... Classic John Favreau. (laughs) It is, dude. It is, though. Like, that was such a John Favreau thing to do if anybody's going to do it. It's so John. But, you know, I'm really into this movie. Um, I give it a four and a half out of five. What keeps you from giving it that extra half star? I don't know. It's just like how I feel about the movie. I I got like no reasoning behind it. In-depth film criticism with Chris Duplessy. Listen, okay, guys. This is one of the dumb movies that I throw on. It's not dumb, though. Like, it's a very good movie. It is a very good movie. It's just like... Give it a half star bump for nostalgia purposes. I can't. Just because it's not... I can't be nostalgic for consistently watching it so many times. That's not nostalgic? I don't feel like that's nostalgic. I feel like nostalgia is like something that happened in the past that you then revisit. So Chef was not something that happened in the past that you keep revisiting? Yeah, but like I feel like I revisit it so often that I don't have the chance to feel nostalgic about it. No, you revisit it because of nostalgia. I revisit it because I really like the movie. Because it brings there's you no, back there's to no winning with this no. guy. It's not. It does not bring there you isn't. back. It's not bringing me back to anything. I'm just, I'm watching it again. I'm enjoying it for 
feels like the first time. Was the it curious feels case like of the very first time. Was the curious case of Benjamin Button, um, CCBB? Was that um, nostalgic for you? That one was nostalgia for me. Yes. Okay. The CCB was CCBB. CCBB was very nostalgic for me. That's uh, that is true. But it will make my top fifty of the of the decade. Talking like bottom twenty five, top twenty five. Well, maybe top Locked five. Down. Maybe he read at 25. He's like a vault. He's locked down. Like a level, baby. Locked down. <laughs> did you pick it? Did you buy Hitch, Chris? No, I didn't buy Hitch. It was very Hitch. tempting, but I can't. Yeah, I, I'm, I really can't convince myself to get super invested in a movie collection as of yet. He's a minimalist. Remember? I'm starting five things. I'm starting. I got to start off with like super cheap in person purchases before I start. Making the effort to buy stuff online and pay for really shipping. Not an effort Why? at all. It's six bucks. You're, yeah. you're, you're not gonna find that in person. It's anymore. like one of the the most effortless things I've ever done. It's just like, it's just waiting. I guess is the thing that daunts me about it so much. That's daunting to me. Big effort to sit and do what you would do anyways. Well, I, why do that when I could probably go to Bull Moose and try and find it, and then it would probably be right could. there in my hands. But I'm not going to go out of my way to do it. The only way, uh, reason Look I went right out, I went to Bull Moose. And the only reason I went out of my way is because I said, fuck it, I'm buying Citizen Kane. Did you watch it? No, it was between Easy That's Rider and that. So I was just giving myself a little more time to digest. Chris, you can own Hitch on Blu-ray for four ninety-seven tomorrow. Actually, you could do it right now because they close at 11 Oh, boom. There you go. That's it. That's a good deal. Oh, guys, I don't know if I'm that committed yet. You know, I've already just bought three movies last week, so. Yeah, but get hitched. Now you got four. Now the collection grows. <sighs> the movies I bought were DVDs, by the way. Well, you can, even better, two ninety seven. Now we're talking his language. No. <laughs> now you're... Now you're speaking my dialect here, guys. For the price of a pumpkin latte, you could get Hitch on DVD. Or I could just not spend the money on it, and then I could just get that pumpkin that, latte. And yeah, I could spend the two ninety seven on something else. Then I can wait till I'm in Walmart and I'm walking down, and on the end caps is a, a yo yo for two ninety seven, and then I can buy that and play with it for forty minutes, and then never touch it again. That's not true. <laughs> I, I it sounds it like a couple hours. I use that yo-yo like, all year. Okay, I, I, yeah, I was gonna to say school. it sounds like you made an impromptu yo-yo purchase. I, I brought it to school and everything. I played with that shit in the hallways between classes. <laughs> this is this is something that happened. Okay, it's true. It, it did happen. Who goes after Chris? Is it me? You? I think it's me. Okay. Well, speaking of uh, BBCC, I watched a movie that... It's CCBB, Zach. BBC. Uh, that could be something different. <laughs> Benjamin Button, The Curious Case. <clears throat> yeah, comma. Big, big, big cock cock. <laughs> I watched a movie that's very close to The Curious Case of Benjamin Button uh, from 2016. Did some rewatching 2016 stuff this week. 
Uh, this is uh, a film directed by Kenneth Lonergan, starring uh, Casey Affleck, called Manchester by the Sea. And Chris, you could say that Casey Affleck comes home and he realizes the only thing that's changed is himself. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be constant torment. <laughs> uh, but I love Manchester by the Sea. I assume you both have seen it. I have, yes. I have as well. It was fucking hilarious. It it actually is, though. It's so funny. It actually is. You're saying it facetiously, but it actually is funny. No, I'm not. I don't mean to be facetious. It is absolutely hilarious. I don't think it's absolutely hilarious. Like, School of Rock is absolutely hilarious. Manchester <laughs> by the Sea. It's funny. No, no, this movie is absolutely hilarious. The moments you laugh, they're like hilarious, full, absolutely hilarious. Full-blown, like grabbing the stomach, leaning back, laughs. Like when the house is on fire. I was just say, like when the log rolls off and the kids die. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. So this is the second time I've seen it, and um, there there are some emotional moments that work like a lot better on the second time around. Like, for example, when he's in the police station, like recounting the story of what happened to his kids, and it's like they're like, "Okay, um, like you can go," and he's like shocked that he's being allowed to leave and then he obviously grabs his gun and tries to kill himself but it's like like in that moment like the weight of what he did he like feels like he needs to be punished and he's like amazed that he's just being allowed to go home like he just he literally just killed his kids and now he's being allowed to go home like nothing happened and it's there's just like the look I think Casey Affleck is great he communicates a lot by uh he does a lot like just his facial like expressions in the movie and i would say the other big moment is like when he's telling lucas hedges that he's moving back to quincy and he's like you don't want to be my guardian and he says i can't beat it very powerful very very Mm. powerful I love the structure of, like, the cutting back and forth and the good stuff. Good, good stuff. It is very good. It's been a... I haven't seen it since it came out. I'd like to revisit it. And I watch it, and I just think, Matt Damon was supposed to be this guy? He would have been awful. Oh, that would not have been good. I, uh, I'm not counting him out. Okay, here we go. Using Google <laughs> Hunting. Google Hunting's good. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not counting Matt Damon out of anything. I think he may have done a decent job. Yeah. Mm. A decent job, I agree. Casey Affleck does an amazing job. Oscar-worthy, you could say. Oscar winner Casey Affleck. Don't forget. Matt How many Damon Oscars does Matt up. Damon have? One. Yeah. Well, they're tied. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Ty goes to the Casey Affleck. Mm. I see. I watched a movie from 2013 directed by Bong Joon-ho. Starring Captain America. 
I watched Snowpiercer. First time watch for me. And I actually had a lot of fun with it. A lot more fun than I was expecting to have. Uh, there's a lot of pretty great action sequences in it. One great action sequence in it. Uh, you Have either of you seen it? Both of you seen it? No. Nope. Not seen it. Oh, okay. Well, there's this great scene where... So you guys know what the movie's about. It's about um, this failed global warming experiment uh, results in the world freezing over and killing off the entire population, and the only survivors are on this train that's literally just circled the globe year after year. And the train is divided into like a class structure, where at the head of the train is the rich elites, and then at the back of the train is the bums. It's like Hunger Games. Kind of like, almost like Hunger Games. And the people in the back of the train, led by Chris Evans, decided they don't want to live in the back of the train no more. They don't want to eat these disgusting black jello-looking bars. Gruel. Nothing but gruel. They don't want to eat gruel sandwiches anymore. <laughs> they want to eat duck, Chris. You can eat your sushi. own hair. So they lead a revolt. And there's this great sequence that takes place... It's in the so that they're going through this tunnel sequence. They go through this tunnel, so everything goes pitch black, and the top people, you know, they have night vision goggles, so they're easily slaughtering them. And then they call back for reinforcements, and these kids run in with torches to light up the place, and so that they're able to fight back. And it gets pretty badass. There's a lot of twists in it that I didn't see coming. Um, I think a lot of like these types of movies, like I think a certain situation comes up and you're very, it's like, okay, this is very cliche. Obviously, this is going to happen to continue the movie and have a resolve later. But it doesn't do that. Chris, it does the opposite of everything you think mm-hmm. it's going to do. Crazy. <laughs> Did not Shyamalan direct this? Well, just about. Bong Joon-ho. Close enough. Wow, two um, foreign guys have to be the same person, right, Jake? Pretty sure M. Night Shyamalan is not Yeah, this... pretty sure he's from America. He is from America, but <laughs> it just goes to show how racist Jake is. How racist I am? I'm not the one that said they're the same. He said they're directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Wow, Zach. Well, I mean, Zach's a confirmed racist. That's that's not even... <laughs> it's not even discussion. Yeah, don't throw that R card on me, Chris. <laughs> Reach? Have you guys seen the family? No, never mind. Never mind. I Tell us about your that. favorite Family Guy skit. No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Reach for my joint. Tilda Swinton's also in Snowpiercer. Sure and is. And she is, she's great as, wow, he's not doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> Does no? Let me ask you something, Jacob. Ask me something, Zach. Does Tilda Swinton play like a a middle-aged woman who's unhappy in her marriage and starts an affair with a a man who happens appears to be aging backwards? Chris Evans is aging backwards, and they have a they have a secret fling, <laughs> almost like a Romeo and Juliet type thing. Oh sure. Or oh, a almost like a Rose and Jack 
type of thing going from the Titanic. Oh my gosh. This movie sounds like I should put it up for the Hall of Fame review. Almost like an Aragorn and... Gladriel. Gladriel. Not Gladriel. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Whatever that woman's name is. Kate Beckinsale. Not Kate no, Beckinsale. It's, not Kate it's, it's Liv, Ty- Liv, Liv, Liv Tyler. Tyler. That's it. But I can't remember. Erwin. Erwin. Thank you. Or is Erwin the blonde girl? No, that's someone else. I wish all these names didn't sound basically the same, but with a different letter that starts it. Anywho. Be a bit more creative, Tolkien. Anywho. Um, no, yeah, it's currently on Netflix. Um, give it a watch. It's actually... It's, I liked it quite a bit. A lot, more than I, a lot more than I thought I would. Just haven't had the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth a watch. It's very entertaining. The uh, I would only say that the ending is a bit of a wet noodle for me. It doesn't quite make any sense. Or like it makes perfect sense. Like everything, I get what's happening. It's more just like, why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? And make your do that in your situation. Watch it, and you'll understand what I mean. There's a Bong Joon-hoon film that does not have a wet noodle ending. Is it called The Host? It's called Okja. Oh, eh, that's okay. I think I wasn't crazy about Okja. Well, you also hate it. animals, so that is known. Confirmed animals. animal slaughterer. It's yep. people. No, God. Zach hates all, people. We all have our thing, you know. So it makes us. It's true. <laughs> okay, so far it's uh, Jake hates animals, Zach hates foreign people, and was it I hate women? You hate women. Yeah. Okay. That's no. That's been known for a long time. Yeah, okay. You just set the groundwork for episode one. You said, mm. do you want to review Wonder Woman? You said, no, Peg Jenkins is a woman. I will never watch a movie she's done. <laughs> that's not what I said at all. We oh. actually had to wait. A weeks, weeks and weeks until like a film directed by a man came up that we wanted to see, so that Chris would actually watch it. That's how we settled on first man. Chris, just lean into it. Just, just lean into it. Use it to your advantage. Yeah, guys, totally, one hundred percent me. Because you hate it, you were never really here. It's true. You were never really here. I was not a fan. <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> I was not a fan. No, I didn't hate it. I gave it like a four, didn't I? The Zach Braff movie? Not the Zach Braff movie. <laughs> no, didn't I give that a four out of five? The Rocky Phoenix one, right? You tell me yeah. what you gave it. I don't remember. I gave it a four. I'm going to look that up on Letterboxd. Go ahead. won't be very hard to find. You don't log anything. I just... At the top. Gosh darn it. Uh, hold on. Let me ask you this. Huh. You don't log anything. Yeah. So how are you keeping track of what you watch? Are you just trying to do it from memory? No, I've got a little notebook right here. You guys... I'm not, there's no point getting into it. There's, <laughs> it's like arguing with a paper bag. <laughs> what? Because you're going to end it with some analogy that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? Then, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, Letterbox is the virtual notebook. Like someone could come along, take your notebook. You could run out of space in the notebook. 
I could come to your house and rip out all the pages that you've written, things that you've watched on there. Yeah. It's very likely to happen. It's it's very likely? Like, it's over 50% chance that you're going to come here and just... Now that I know that you just write them down. You know, I'm going to get rid of it just to, uh... Just to fuck with you. I'll give it a four and a half. Oh. Boom. But your ratings yeah. mean nothing because you don't log anything. I mean, my ratings mean nothing. The ones, the ones I have I'll rated. Explain it to you. What was the last one that I rated? I think it was Francis Haw. What was the last one you logged? Francis Haw, on July twenty fourth. That was the last thing you logged. Is that your birthday? July nineteenth. Oh, that's Mike's birthday then. I watched four movies that day. Good for me. Good for you, Chris. One of them was Paul Blart Mall Cop, though. So. No, that that <laughs> really one really good right for me. by. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Zach. I think your turn. Is it Chris's turn? You just talked about Snowpiercer. Yeah. You started it though. What you talk about. What? Is it, Is it Chris's now? turn? I think it's, I think it's Chris's turn. Could be Chris's turn. No, I'll just go. Go, go ahead. It. I'll just go. So, I watched a uh, PBS documentary. God, I already regret this. First part of the three. Um, I watched Food Delicious Science. So basically what it is, it's about this doctor and this botanist that go out and they basically explain to us why we eat what we eat and how it affects our bodies and all that type of jazz in the first part. The second one's about taste. The third one is about health and all that jazz. But But you haven't gotten to those yet. I haven't gotten to those yet. So I won't talk about the first one. So the first one basically is explaining to us why we have – because we have five different tastes. It explains to us um, what those five tastes are and why we taste that. Is that like sweet, salty, savory? Sweet, salty, sour, uh, umami, which is the one they discovered like in the past like 20 years. And then there's um, – It's actually a noodle place in downtown Bangor. It is. <laughs> It is a noodle place. Shit. I it came up in the last 20 years. I just but, discovered it. Downtown. Mm, mm, they got good broth, though. Anyways. It's a bit um, brothy. It's really cool. And they said that the reason we like chocolate so much is because it has the most similar sugar-to-fat ratio that breast milk does. Interesting. Breast really? milk is a perfect nutrition food, 50% fat to 50% sugar, and chocolate is the most similar to that. Now, so let me since ask I you a follow-up question. I think the, the, the obvious follow-up question, what about chocolate made with breast milk? <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, chocolate breast milk? Yes. I mean, wouldn't they kind of balance each other out wouldn't still be 50 well i don't know at that point so is that the most amazing substance on earth yeah is that like what the pinnacle of tasting food would it be chocolate breast milk i think it would be (laughs) ladies ladies so this is not what episode two and three are about i am shocked (laughs) i i think i just want to go buy breast milk now and try this. Can you just get that at the grocery store or something? I don't uh, think so. I don't think so. Why not? Because I think if you could, you should really be questioning where it came from. Yeah, I guess so. Then again, 
Well, I, I mean, mean, theory, all milk it, is breast milk. I was about to say, you get <laughs> that from cows, and, like, we're not even meant to drink That's that. That's true. So they, they specify that it's human breast milk? Yeah. Like, uh, actually, I, they didn't really specify. I'm pretty sure it's just, like, all around. Or they're catering it to humans, I guess, so it would be human breast milk. So if I was never breastfed, does that explain why I don't really care for chocolate that much? I mean, it could be. Just because they say that, like, it's it's... Um, you would have half earlier exposure to kind of. I guess it would be a form of nostalgia. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it could be. That's <laughs> Chris. Let me let me ask you a somewhat personal question. Maybe you don't know the answer to. Were you what? breastfed? I think I was for like a month. But not after that. I, I don't think so. After that, so they I think say that was... babies that aren't breastfed are robbed of valuable IQ points. Yeah. Were you breastfed, Zach? No, I wasn't. I was not. Were you breastfed, Jake? No. I think I think it was something my mom was like, "All right, we'll give it a try," and then she was like, "I mean, you were the third one, so like by that point, I feel like she should know." Well, yeah, but all babies latch differently. Oh yeah, you're a latching expert. The latchpert. I mean, I've sucked a titty. One. Titties, titties have been sucked. I did it for a month at childbirth, so, like, I know a thing or two. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, they also said... Can we uh, rename the podcast to the No Breast Milk Brotherhood? <laughs> the, <laughs> the NBB? We're the we're the breastless brotherhood. <laughs> oh my we're gosh. all robbed of IQ points, and in some of us, it shows more than others. That's why Zach is so dumb. That's why. <laughs> Anyways, they say that we taste bitter because it was our body's way of telling us that something is poisonous. Bitter stuff. Bitter stuff, and they said that also if you eat five. Cherry pits, I think it was. You are eating enough ammonia to kill you. Really? Yeah. Like maybe it's like raw, maybe it's like naturally grown cherries. I don't know about the GMO stuff that people are putting out these days, but yeah. Any like pit, like a peach pit or a cherry pit or something. If you eat five of them, you're going to die. So just exp- so this documentary just explores the f- like the flavors we experience. It explores the flavors we experience, and it also explores like why we taste what we taste. Like interesting. Another interesting fact: peppers. You know how people always say the heat of the peppers are in the seeds. Yep. They're not in the seeds. The heat of the peppers is in the you know the little when you open a pepper up the white parts that are on the side. It's yep. in that. And they say that the reason they do that is because your tongue has these open little spaces in it that the peppers have. I uh, can't remember what the thing was called, but it fits right into those holes perfectly. And it convinces your brain that your mouth is on fire. Hmm. And the more of that substance it has, the more holes are filled and the hotter it is. Interesting. Mm. That's kind of neat. It is really neat. I recommend it. I'm trying to get into PBS stuff lately. Why? Just because? 
Yeah, I added a bunch of PBS stuff onto my uh, my list on Netflix. They added a bunch of them on there. Like they have a Roosevelt stuff, the Civil War, Prohibition, all that type of stuff. Exhilarating. Really, really, really dense. You know, smart stuff. Not anything. You know, <laughs> non non breastfed people would understand. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, give it a try though. Breast milk or this documentary? I mean, at the same time, both. Mm-hmm. If you can. Chocolate do... breast milk. It's the pinnacle of our tasting. <clears throat> How do I acquire breast milk? From a woman, presumably. Well, yeah, but like. I you just... ask them politely. <laughs> or discreetly. Just go up, to just... A... go up to them with a bowl and just be like, hello. Um... Do you work with a pregnant woman at work? I don't. Do you work with a woman? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but nobody I would ever ask for breast milk from. So the point I'm getting is that you you could either A, impregnate them, or B, (laughs) you can can just buy, you can buy the hormone separately that produces breast milk. they, They can produce it whenever they want. It's just that when they are pregnant, or have just given birth, like if your body produces it naturally, so you can take that artificially and it will produce it, and you could just—I I suppose technically you could take it too. You would no, get it could, yourself. We don't have it from our. <laughs> no, I feel like I'd squirt it out, and it would be like rotted cottage. Ah, little little homebrew. Yeah. <laughs> Waking up in the morning, just eat some. Oh shit, we're out of almond milk. A little homebrew. No. Slow, slowly just slip it into Alyssa's coffee in the morning. Can you do that Every too? Morning. Man, guys. We're getting Alyssa pregnant. No. I don't want to get anybody pregnant. I don't think anybody really wants me to get anybody pregnant right now. That's probably true. <laughs> Nobody. Who wants it even less? The who? girl's child it would be. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's being breastfed, though. I hope. <laughs> I don't want him to lack on those natural nutrients. You just want I don't want you to turn out like me. You just want it to be breastfed, so at some point you can kind of be like, do you mind if I uh, give a try of that? <laughs> well, that's a, you think like... Listen, you, kid, I'm your dad. You have to do what I say. You give me that right now. Well, you think that like... If we drank breast milk now, we would gain those much-needed nutrients we missed out on at no. birth. And then we would just, like, Jimmy Neutron, brain blast! It would actually be just like that. Give me some breast milk, man. I'm become the smartest guy in the fucking world. <laughs> you need a lot more than breast milk. You need chocolate breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zach? Well, I watched a movie from 2014, 13, 14, directed by Adam Wingard. Uh, This is a classic, instant classic horror film called Your Next. First rated R movie that I saw legally in theaters. Uh, I saw it on my 17th birthday. Was not carded. <coughs> what, what? 
That's what you want to be carded for? Yeah. That's the first thing you can buy that, like, in your age, the first thing you can do. So you think your fellow 17-year-old is going to be at the theater and be like, hey, can I see your ID to go to this horror movie? Because I don't know if you're 17 or not. But, like, they are supposed to check when I buy the ticket. Do you think they ever realistically do? If they don't, they should be fired. Okay. At this point, it's a matter of, okay, I'm not going to follow this rule. So what rules do you follow? So now we're going to create a hierarchy of rules? No. Rules are meant to be followed. Rules are Some would say rules are meant to be broken. Anarchists. That's you. Scum. <laughs> Anyways, Chris, I love your next. I've seen it probably six times. It's just a great watch. A lot of fun. Has the nice, brings together nicely the the mumble the mumblecore style, and some great horror elements. The masks. What is, what is mumblecore? Uh, it's largely improvised, unscripted uh, dramas. Uh, okay. But yeah, I love it. It will probably show up. Uh, we'll probably talk about it a little later this year. It's probably one of the best horror movies of the decade. Interesting. Have either of you have seen it? Hmm. No, but it's on the Roku channel, actually. So keep me to check it out. <clears throat> I'll put the digital copy on the booty. Oh, do it up. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it. Yeah, me too. Me too. You're not going to watch it, you <laughs> like check of shit. <laughs> Probably not. The last thing I'll talk about, I watched a Hulu documentary called Hail Satan? Question mark. Oh, yeah, brother. And I actually liked it quite a bit. It's not anything like amazing in terms like how a documentary is made or presented. It's very generic. A lot of just talking heads telling you things. Um, But it follows the rise of the Satanic Temple and sort of how they came to be, why they came to be, the guy who found it. And it was created as... Essentially to kind of just be a thorn in the side of Christianity. And the guy who created it, his name's, his pseudonym is Lucian Graves. He was starting to notice that a lot of policies were beginning to favor Christianity. And there were monuments being erected that favored Christianity. And he's very quick to remind people that it's, it's, it's illegal for any one state to favor a religion. So, they so, so basically what the documentary follows is in the state of Arkansas, the state senator is trying to put up or it did put up a Ten Commandments monument at the state capitol. And so the Satanic Temple argues that if you're going to put up that, then you have to put up other points of view. So they petition. So they so they advocate for getting like a statue erected of Baphomet, which is the like um, it's essentially like a goat demon type thing that was worshipped by I think like um, pay like early like pagans I think might have represent like worshipped it. Anywho. Uh, just a very interesting documentary. They kind of get into like what the philosophy is, and they talk about how a lot of people assume assume that 
with the satanic temples very evil that they're crazy people they just want to like spread violence and evil but really like it's like not what they're against like that's not what they're for at all like incredibly peaceful and like want to treat all life with respect and essentially just want just want people to understand that there's different ways to look at life and not just one way and that's what they're that's what they're big on um and i i enjoyed it quite a bit i didn't really know much about the satanic temple so it was kind of cool to like learn a little bit about them and what they're all about and it's always it's always fun to to see people uh giving it giving it to those catholics chris you know what i mean Mm, mm mm-hmm no, but if you got Hulu, if you got Hulu, it's it, honestly it's it is worth a watch. It's quite good. Oh, Liz has been thinking about watching that. Maybe I'll peek in the doorway while she's watching. You should watch it with it. the Wiccan. No, no, I don't want to talk to her about that type of shit. My gosh. You guys can reminisce about the great times we had at the Blink One Eight Two concert. That was a good time. She was there. I believe so. And that's it for me. I'm tapped. I sent it to you guys. You done, Chris? I, I as well am, 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 am tapped. <laughs> I, I, oh, I did finish Carol. Um, Wait, you didn't finish it last week? Yeah, no, you say you had like 10 minutes left, something like that? No, I said I watched the first half, but I had... Oh! Second half's pretty great, too, huh? Yeah, I finished Carol. Um, It will be making my top ten, probably, of the decade. It's high praise. I need to watch it soon. Did you you say it's kind of your scene? (laughs) 100% my scene. Really into that movie. I will briefly mention that I watched La La Land today. Um, it's still fantastic. I still love it. You're on 4K? No. It's, uh... I will say it's shot in CinemaScope and, like... In some of the close-ups, I don't think CinemaScope looks that good very stretched so like sometimes like sometimes emma stone looks like she has a bigger forehead than she really does mm. but did not at all affect my enjoyment of the movie emma stone got a big old forehead, <laughs> big old forehead. <laughs> still great still love it still highly recommend to literally everyone was that your best of 20... Was that, was that your number one of 2017? Well, it came out in 2016. Oh, 2016, sorry. No, number one's Moonlight. Ah. It's number two, though. La La Land showing up in it. top 50, possibly? Possibly? Pretty high. Mm, nice. Cool. Uh, I got nothing else. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything else for you, Zach? Nope. All right. Uh, we haven't quite decided what we're going to talk about next week, have we? We have not. Um... Didn't somebody say something um, last week? I mentioned the goldfinch, but now it's not getting 
good reviews. So now it I don't looks know. like a piece of shit. So, so now I don't know. Right. Hustlers could be interesting. I'll, I'll see Hustlers. But uh, I don't know. I feel like we've got one more a week and then we've got a string Did of you... stuff. Here's the thing. Uh, 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which, I don't know. It doesn't deter me from seeing it, but like... Did you see the runtime on that bad boy? I did see that recently, and that was kind of like, ooh. I don't know. Two and a half hours for a movie that's potentially garbage. Yeah, that's a big commitment. I'm I don't in. know what else. We'll talk about it, I guess. What is Hustlers looking like right now? An hour 50? Oh, I'm already liking it. 80 on Metacritic, 95 on Rotten Tomato. 95? Yeah. Or J-Lo's great. Might have to check it out. Huh. Produced by Will Ferrell. Interesting. Like what? That's interesting. Oh, Cardi B's in it. I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. What's, I don't know. What's up? <clears throat> we'll talk about it. We'll figure something out. Usher's uh, in it. Oh, I'm in. I'll be there. Day hustlers one. and Hustlers. Do you want to do Hustlers next week? Is that what you guys want to do? Let's do Hustlers. I'm down. All right. <clears throat> or we could review Usher's Confessions Part 1 and 2, the music video. <laughs> Probably equally as good. Double, double review. Trapped in the Closet. Throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to make next week, we'll be we'll discuss Hustlers. Who directed that? Don't know. All right. Lorraine Scafaria. Okay. Interesting. Never Sounds heard of right. Never heard of her. Let's see what else she's or done, her. huh? Her, him or her? It is, it is a lady. Her. Never heard of her. She did Nick and Nora's, Nick and Nora's Infinite, Infinite, playlist. Infinite Playlist, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. Oh, okay. The hmm. Interesting. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading this week. Um... We'll see you next week for our review of The Hustler. Until then, have a great week. It's love. Yes, all we're looking for is love from someone else. A rush. A glance. A touch. A dance. A look in somebody's eyes to light up the skies, to open the world and send them